Hello, my name is Benjamin, and welcome to Affable Chat. This is part two of our four-part series on Batman, where we're discussing four Batman movies from four decades. This week, we're discussing Batman and Robin from 1997, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, and George Clooney as Batman. We'll break down the good guys and the bad guys and discuss what worked and what didn't. We'll elaborate on why Arnold Schwarzenegger is the perfect Mr. Freeze and why all Arnold fans must see this movie. And finally, we'll discuss the critical response to this movie and why the people responsible for its creation are still apologizing to this day. All this and more on today's episode of Affable Chat. Okay, Joey, let's talk about Batman and Robin. Oh, my oh, God. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was a task to watch. Yeah, it really was. I um, don't remember it being this ridiculous from when I was a kid. I, okay, I, the first time I saw this was actually in a theater setting. It was playing like as a flashback cinema thing um, at, at our college. It was like on, so it was on the big screen, and I, I like, I knew that this was like one of the worst movies ever made, or like, you know, it has it has ten percent um, rating on ten, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, wow, take that as you will. But um, yeah, I, I went in when I when I first saw it, I was like, oh, you know, I feel like this is a misunderstood movie. This movie is like, it's it's adherent to a certain theme. It's like really, it's really silly and funny and stuff. So you know. Now, I feel like people give it a hard time, but on this viewing, I feel a lot more cynical toward it. I feel like this is a, a terrible movie all the way through, and it's just like a, an abysmal tribute to Batman. Yeah, no, I'm especially because I'm such a sucker for like big names in movies, uh, and like having Clooney and Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman in the same movie, I was like, it has to be sort of good, right? Yeah. And no i mean they <laughs> honestly arnold i think is one of the few redeeming qualities in this movie and we will talk in depth about uh mr freeze yes. but for the most part this movie is just terrible <laughs> yeah so when was the first time you saw it when i was too young to really even understand plot structure or consistency <laughs> in the movie at all because i had a lot of toys from this movie yeah. i remember uh, and and the more we watch movies from my childhood, the more I realized that they were just vehicles to like show me things that I wanted to buy in miniature <laughs> plastic versions. Uh, because I definitely, I mean, th- I mean, th- I liked Batman, sort yeah. of, I guess. <laughs> sure, I mean, whatever. I don't know. Like, okay, well, let's get into it because, uh, like, there's well, a lot to unpack. There's here. so much to unpack, and it took me so long. To, it took me two days to watch this movie. I sat down and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the movie. Uh, I, turn, I, you know, I pulled it up. It's like two hours. Okay, this will take me maybe three hours if I'm stopping it every few minutes to write stuff down. Two hours later, I'm only one hour into the movie. Yep. Yep, so, I feel the same way. It, 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 my watch time was somewhere around four hours yeah, for this same, movie. It, yeah, I was Which, like, I'm done for today. I can't do anymore. And I came back the <laughs> next day. 
and spend another two hours, and then I spent an hour writing, you know, our our like little report, so we had something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. With all that said, we know that this is going to be a pretty hefty podcast. So yeah. let's not waste any more time. Go ahead and hit us with that synopsis. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> when a new supervillain arrives in Gotham City, there are only two men for the job: Batman and Robin. This time, it is Victor Freeze, a.k.a. Mr. Freeze, an ice-centric villain with a love for diamonds and wordplay. See, Freeze has an established, was an established medical researcher who cryogenically froze his wife, who was dying from a rare disease called McGregor Syndrome. After falling into a vat of cold chemicals, Freeze became Mr. Freeze and searches Gotham for diamonds to fuel his ice-related tech. Batman and Robin set up a trap for Freeze, but are interrupted by our second villain, Poison Ivy. She uses pheromone dust and sexy saxophones to seduce the men of Gotham and drives a wedge between Batman and Robin's already rocky relationship. To make matters worse, Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze team up after Poison Ivy claims Freeze's wife was killed by Batman. She sees him as a useful ally in her quest to rid the world of humanity and repopulate the earth with plants. <laughs> but worst of all, Alfred, Bruce Wayne's most loyal manservant, is dying also from an early version of McGregor Syndrome. In his time of need, Alfred is visited by his niece, Barbara. As Bruce Wayne ap apathetically contemplates the decline of his makeshift family, Dick Grayson, Robin, and Barbara engage in some reckless street motorcycle racing. I, I really wish that was a euphemism. After <laughs> her, uh, betraying her dying uncle's last wishes, uh, Barbara learns of Bruce Wayne's secret and ventures out to join the crime-fighting duo as Batgirl. Together, the three of them kick Poison Ivy in the face and stop Freeze from freezing the entirety of Gotham. In the end, Batman offers Mr. Freeze a chance to redeem himself. He reveals that Poison Ivy was the one who tried to kill Freeze's wife, and Batman kept her frozen and alive somehow. In exchange, Freeze opens up his suit and gives Batman his cure for early-onset <laughs> McGregor syndrome that he carries with him at all times. Alfred is saved, and the villains are locked away in Arkham Asylum. Well put, as always, Joey, Thank and you. with snarky criticism <laughs> injected in there, yeah, which is impossible, if my, impossible uh, not to. If my, yeah, if my opinions weren't already obvious, I think that, that made it pretty clear how I feel about this. Okay, so the first person we have to talk about in this movie is Joel Schumacher, who is the director. Um, I, in general, like Joel Schumacher. He's been involved in Hollywood stuff for a long time. He's never been very popular with the critics. The only movie I think that I've seen of his is the number 23, which was a Jim Carrey movie. It was like a, like a more serious one. Have you ever seen that movie? I haven't. It's really, it's like a thriller horror about how he's obsessed. This man's obsessed with the number 23 and he sees it everywhere. And it's just like, it's weird, but it's an interesting movie. He also directed the original Flatliners from 1990. They re recently remade that a couple of years ago, I think. Um, but I've never seen that. Anyway, are, are all his movies this no out there? Not even close. I mean, number twenty three is like a is a weird movie, but it's just kind of, it's like kind of told from an unreliable narrator standpoint. So it just kind of has that kind of thriller feel to it. It's not like super campy and like tongue in cheek like this movie is. This movie honestly feels like like <laughs> like Joel Schumacher hates Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah like screw batman this is a silly concept so dumb and so silly but the thing that makes it weird is that this is his second batman movie 
he he directed Batman Forever, which came out um, a couple years beforehand. And actually, like he, there was an interview he did with a Vice where he uh, literally apologized for this movie, and he says that um, the part of the problem is that he was making a sequel and he knew like sequels were traps. You said traps. Yeah, like you never like never do a sequel. I he says you know. I just knew not to do a sequel. If you get lucky, walk away. But everybody at Warner Brothers just expected me to do one. Maybe it was some hubris on my part. He just, like, his attitude is never do a sequel, basically. Hmm. So, I don't know. Going into this movie with that kind of attitude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, honestly, I felt like, I don't know, this one was a lot more surface level. If if you wanted to look at it from a positive perspective, there was a lot of, like, I don't know, kind of memorable things to look at a lot of interesting set design like from the frozen museum that you can ice skate in to the turkish bath that is covered in plants that's kind of colorful and beautiful yeah like with lily literal lily pads uh in in the middle i just felt like a lot of this movie it was just they they just wanted to have an excuse to do certain things like uh, like surfing in front of an explosion from space. <laughs> like that's, it's going to be tough to put reasonable plot around that. And so yeah. they decided we don't have to, <laughs> but it's going to look cool. And I think that if you're doing a movie, I don't know if they're making this movie specifically for kids, but I would be surprised if kids didn't give it a pass. Yeah. Well, it's too silly to There's something on IMDb. Apparently, Joel Schumacher would sit on a crane with a megaphone and yell before every take, Remember, everyone, this is a cartoon. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so, that makes sense. So, yeah. I, the, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's not poorly made, right? It's, mm-hmm. I can, I, if someone said, this is my favorite Batman movie, I'd be like, yeah, I, okay. Like, I can see that. Because it's not a, like, the execution of the movie is not terrible. It's the whole adherence to the Batman mythos. It's like, you know, having something consistent i guess with every other movie but also the, paying some respect to the source material i th- i feel like that that's all the places that this movie is lacking it's not lacking in competent set design or even necessarily comp- competent acting it's more like um the whole concept of making a silly meta um, like batman movie is just kind of wrought with uh problems yeah, agreed. It is this movie could have been made with a different superhero if you just made one up and it would have made the same amount of sense. Like <laughs> I mean, the, uh, yeah, that's that's actually a good point. Cuz it, it it's really there's a lot and we'll get to it too. It, talking about Batman, how they don't strictly adhere to the Batman that we know uh, or the universe that he exists within. So, right. uh But one it, of the it, things that like we were talking about set design or like design of stuff is mm-hmm. the, this movie is famous for is the bat nipples on the bat suit, <laughs> uh, which apparently like when they like in this interview with vice, they were talking about the bat nipples and um, uh, Joel Schumacher says, um, I just know that I'll always go down over the nipples on Batman, starting with Batman forever. It's going to be on my tomb- tombstone. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> But he's, but he's also like, when I saw the suit and I saw like the nipples on it, I was like, yeah, this is cool. I like this. And it says, quote, maybe I was just naive, but I'm still glad we did it. <laughs> it's I mean, memorable. It is memorable. You can't say it's not memorable. <laughs> and they don't, and it's not like they try to hide it. Like when you first, I mean, the movie opens up with what is like an 
a kind of interesting sequence of suiting up, you know, yeah. to to go fight crime. And they don't hide the fact that the suit is so well. They they just show you close ups of various parts of the suit, and you can but see they, those okay. nipples very clearly. They linger on the butts. <laughs> <laughs> like everything is like super cut, super cut, super cut. You know, super super quick. And there's sound effects for everything. But like when they they pull up the pants, whatever, and then there's like they turn slightly, and then the camera just lingers for an extra half second. On, on the butts and it, they do that for Robin they do that for Batman and then later when Batgirl shows up um, they do it to her too yep <laughs> I enjoyed it all three times <laughs> not a criticism for me <laughs> bat butts okay put that down so I okay to really kind of grasp the way that this movie works or like the way this movie feels I feel like there's one scene in particular right at the beginning that like exemplifies this perfectly and this is like it's like literally only five seconds. And let me let me play it out for you in slow motion. Okay. okay? So Robin enters the museum on his on his motor his Robin bike Robin cycle, and as he's like sliding in, he knocks over like a like a stand that has a vase on it, but instead of the vase just like falling, it flies straight up into the air. It doesn't like tilt or anything. It's just like literally straight into the air. And then somehow Mr. Freeze's gun flies out of his hands and perches perfectly on like this little statue that's nearby. And it's just like, it's not even that it like got wedged in there. It's just like it flew up there and it got stuck. Like it got, it was on flypaper or something. It just got <laughs> stuck. There. And then um, Batman catches the vase that was in the air because, you know, it was, it was hanging in the air for a good 10 seconds. And then. Uh, Robin says, nice catch. And Batman says, you break it, you buy it. Uh. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> these are some of the first words you hear out of Batman's mouth. I mean, not, not the very first, but one of the first. And it's just like, what is this? Are you making a reference? You break it, you, you buy it? What? Like I'm just so baffled. I don't. I'm like lost for words. Yeah, and not to mention this is right after uh, Robin totally disregards physics uh, by like <laughs> jumping off his bike, to changing directions in midair so he can land next to Batman, so he can <laughs> land that that nice catch line on him. Yeah, he's got to be right there for that. Can't miss that. You break it, you buy it. I, I man, this blows my mind. I'm like exploding inside my head. <laughs> But okay, one of the best parts after this is when, like, later on in that scene, the gun falls back down from the statue, and then Arnold catches it. <laughs> Mr. Freeze catches it, but he doesn't quite catch it. It's like, it, like it, 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 like, stumbles in his arms, and he's just, like, fumbling with it for a second. <laughs> it's like, this is the best take you have? <laughs> it's so awkward and hilarious. It really uh, kind of sets the tone for the movie moving forward. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about Gotham City. I mean, it's, there's not much to say about it besides that it's super weird. It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. It definitely doesn't seem like a city that's struggling financially. No. They have a lot of money to invest in giant statues that hold up prominent buildings in the, in the city. Yes, these muscular, godlike, ominous just beings that are... There's like, integral yeah, like, to the infrastructure like if you're flying through the city like in your bat helicopter or whatever you're dodging skyscrapers but you're also dodging these 
giant statues that like you can't even see from the ground they're so big yeah you know all you would see is some giant feet <laughs> i mean it's it's very common for the like buildings that are in this movie like like buildings that you go into to be shown from an outside perspective and they're so far off the ground you can't even see the ground yeah. it's almost like there's another it, street level that's halfway to the sky yeah that's that's exactly right it's like it's you're like in cloud city or something you're just there's like a, a a ground floor gotham but then there's like the upstairs gotham i don't like who knows what's going on yeah it's just i don't know who signed the city but. right and it's just like yeah why <laughs> who's like what what is the what conclusion are you supposed to draw about gotham when this is what it looks like it's all like us oh, that's where the the gods come to play all of the you know the big okay i, I can actually kind of see it from that perspective um i don't know i just came up with that right definitely now. some godlike I, people roaming around in uh in gotham yeah uh i don't know but the, the, i don't know there's this whole feeling about the city right where like batman is like a very much a public figure right he's like at special events he's like doing things there or whatever everyone loves him and stuff and obviously like this is like this is like a gotham city that has already established that like batman is a force for good right oh everyone yeah loves batman and he's like he's there to to do good stuff but like it's it's so strange to me in comparison to the last movie especially where he was like existing in the shadows you know and he's like i'm this force for good but i'm like you know i'm just part of the city i'm not like a public figure where in this one he's like out in public and he's got the flashy suit and stuff you know it's almost like batman is bruce wayne yeah it's there, in this movie. yeah i think you could have done this movie without bruce wayne really like you could have just had Batman be Batman the whole time, and it, it, same lines and everything. It wouldn't have changed anything because it, sure. it, it doesn't really have to hide it from anyone. Like they they barely hide it from uh, Batgirl, but yeah, but not really. It's always such a farce. It's like oh, uh, you're in this. You're, it's only a matter of time before you figure it out. You know, we have this. Spend all this time in secrecy, and we have we have these masks and stuff. But like, well, it, our secret identities. Well, like, just thinking, just think about it. It's uh, Bruce Wayne is at the opening of the sky, that huge telescope, uh, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, and we're gonna be doing an event with my big jewel. I won't be there, but Batman will." <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, uh, why aren't you gonna be there, Bruce? Like, oh, don't worry, <laughs> but Batman will be there. Like, uh, Batman, my good friend, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, like I feel like the people of Gotham just know it's him, but they just keep pretend so that he'll keep protecting yeah, them. A, yeah, exactly. It's like we don't want him to stop, so we're not going to tell him. We all know it's so obvious. Uh, the other weird like structure in this movie that they focus on, besides like like uh, the observatory, is uh, Wayne Man- Manor. You know, classic Wayne Manor. Yeah, it's got like you never you only see it from one angle. And that is from outside, like at the gates, I guess, which are like the the road to the house is like framed by these two giant horse statues that are some guys like the statue is the same statue on both sides, just reflected. And it's like of a horse rearing up and a guy trying to keep it back, like it has has the reins in his hand. And it's like that you can see those are so much in focus you can't even see the house in the background i'm 
I don't, I don't know. know why. <laughs> I couldn't tell you why. But that's the only, like, it's like, I don't know. It's like a stylistic choice, but it's a super weird one. And it doesn't doesn't make me like this movie. It makes me hate this movie. <laughs> well, and then the inside of Wayne Manor is just generic fancy house. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a mansion. Yeah. Like it, there's no yeah there's no sense of like where things are or like where the bat cave is related to anything else it's just like a bunch of rooms but it is where bruce wayne slash batman lives and uh and it's where uh, and it's and that's a character played by george clooney a huge name for george clooners for, yeah to be playing well actually i'm not sure it's a huge name to be playing batman because at the time he wasn't he wasn't george yeah, clooney okay, yet, right? so that's the thing is like i always think of george clooney as like this mega star yeah but um in like in 1997 when this movie came out he pretty much only ever been in uh in south park and in uh er that's where everyone knew him from oh okay and that's like and actually he wasn't the first person uh the first pick either val kilmer was the one who played batman in the previous movie but then he got an opportunity to play some some movie i think it was uh the island of dr moreau or something which is a book I've read, but a movie I've never heard of. Um, and he, and so they brought in uh, George Clooney as like an eager young star to replace uh, Val Kilmer um, as Batman. And like, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything like wrong, but he doesn't do anything right. Sure. He's not, he's very much not a main character in this movie. He's like, it really is. You're, you're exactly right. If they replaced like Bruce Wayne with, batman then you wouldn't even notice anything because like it's really more focusing on like robin and his like arc like batman doesn't seem to learn or anything he kind of learns something about trust but even then it's like i don't know the way he does it's super weird and it's not like he ever displays any extreme emotion he kind of just has like this smirk on his face the whole time well right (laughs) they're talking about he's like oh alfred's dying and he's just like yeah (laughs) <laughs> well like he starts the movie out as batman there's no learning to be batman there's no yeah. uh, transformation of that it's just how do i deal with like robin i'm with this annoying kid yeah. that i live with that's basically it so there's, there's really he's pretty static um but he is another iteration of batman and since we're going over all these batman movies i think it's important to uh talk about this version right yes um, because as opposed to all the other ones yeah so yeah um, some classic Batman things in this movie. We got the Batmobile. Yep. We also got um, other bat transportation, like the bat sled. So when you say I'm bat sure. sled, do you mean like the the bat like giant fan vehicle that has like a big old fan on the back? It kind of looks like a uh, boat from Florida. Oh, like a what's it, what are those called? Like hovercrafts? No. No, no, the fan isn't on the bottom. It's like it, it is like the back of the vehicle. They use it when they're all three of them are driving at the end. Robin is in it. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, that's right. I, I was talking about the thing, like the, all three of them are driving like their own little motorcycles or something. And Batman has like that that sled with like pontoons on either side, and he's like going across the ice. Does that have a big fan on the back? I didn't even notice. Uh, you know what? I'm not even sure. But <laughs> bat vehicles. <laughs> What is that thing they have in the Everglades? What is that called? Now I have to know. Uh, I want to say it's fan is in the name, but I, I honestly can't remember. Um, I have pictures of him. Swamp buggy? 
Boat. No, airboat. Airboat? Airboat. Okay, so they have the bat airboat, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's not even a boat. <laughs> it's on land. Eyes. <laughs> and, uh, and also, uh, I guess this is kind of unique to this movie, but... The Batmobile has FaceTime in it. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, right on the steering column. <laughs> yeah, which is so safe. Um, they also have the oh, the geez. bat uh, the bat signal. Yes, which is a prominent part of this movie because it gets vandalized by Poison Ivy and it turns into the Robin's. <laughs> I can't even say such it. a great symbol. Um, <laughs> as soon as I saw that in the opening credits, I'm like, yeah, I could do without that. <laughs> <laughs> The bat symbol is like it's iconic. It's cool, you know. It's got all the points and stuff. It really just like it's simple, but it displays exactly what it is. You know, it's very it's very unique. Oh yeah. But like the Robin symbol, it's like, come on. Yeah, it, 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 uh, like that's the frustrating it, thing about Robin, right? He like he doesn't want to play second fiddle, but he's literally a worse copy of Batman. <laughs> so how can you expect not to play second fiddle, like? Yeah. What do you, hey, Robin, yeah. like Robin? What do you bring to the table that Batman doesn't? Um, I complain more. Like that's <laughs> it. Like uh, I have a. I used to be in the circus before my family was killed. Like, uh, like okay. One one thing at a time here. We, we will talk about Robin. Uh, okay, let's okay. let's finish up. Let's, let's go into Batman first. Well, one of the things that we can not talk about is the use of grappling hooks yes. in this movie too. Which I actually liked the grappling hooks in this one because they were bat grappling hooks, right? Yeah. Like they had the um. They're in the shape of the bat symbol, uh, which was kind of yeah. cool. And they were used all over the place. Like, I'm serious. Batman's superpower <laughs> is that he's so good with grappling hooks. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. He's also got the suit with low, limited mobility. This one's a lot tighter than the last one. Um, Although I didn't see he, as many, like, awkward neck problems as we saw there, in... I think there was a couple. I, I can't think of like a specific moment, but I do remember like a couple of times when he's like moving around or something, or he's looking around or like maybe it was when Robin was talking to him and Robin was standing next to him. And he's like, he has to move his shoulders to like, to move, to like talk to him. So I think I still, he couldn't move his neck still, I think. Well, it was, uh, in my opinion, this suit is actually pretty cool though. I, uh, I, I, I mean the nipples, Whatever, but as far as because one of the things I think I mean we talked about it before that this movie does do a lot of presentation and yeah. I think that he does at least look cool like the 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 way that the cape moves behind him looks cool too, um, and uh, well that's the, another bat, classic Batman thing is the Batcave and this Batcave was so about presentation like yes. I know that no one knows where the Batcave is and only like three people ever go in there but. Damn it! If they don't get a good show, like there's lights and like like think lifting out of the ground and unfolding, like the Batcave yeah. looked so amazing. <laughs> yeah, there was so much. I mean, yeah, just having the Batmobile come out of the ground, you know, and then spin around so that they can enter quickly or exit quickly. It's pretty cool. Um, not there. There was like. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, detective work, I guess, in this movie. Um, no. There wasn't, like, a whole lot of, like, using the computer, like, in the last one. Um, trying to think if there were any other times in the Batcave. Oh, well, there was that really great scene with 
with when uh Batgirl enters the Batcave for the first time, but we can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> they he also I mean, it's implied that Batman's parents are dead, but we we are spared the like seeing yes. the origin story. That's right, because as always, like the big thing is Alfred's trying to get Batman to embrace his family, you know, no matter where they come from. So, and then he has a uh, a pretty u- uh, useful utility belt, which I think is a Batman thing. Oh, definitely. Can you think of any specific uh, tools he had um, that he used? Well, I can think of one. <laughs> What's that? Well, it's pretty specific to this movie. Um, so it's not a classic Batman thing. It's one of the, to get us started on things that only this Batman has, is the Bat credit card. <laughs> never leave home. Never leave the cave without. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that Did you did you look at it like a close up? I paused it, says, it obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Good through forever. Like, <laughs> it's so silly. Like it says, like goth card or something. I think it's like a Gotham. Especially, specific. yeah, the, like the the especially because the scene, the situation doesn't even really warrant it, right? Like it's not like Batman is trying to refuel the like the Batmobile or something. He like has to buy <laughs> gas. It's he, he's he's yelling ludicrous amounts of money. But him and him and Robin are arguing. He's like, and Robin is doing it too. He's like five million dollars. You don't have it. I'll borrow it from you. You idiot! I'm like against you right now. Uh, so, yeah, that was ridiculous. The bat credit card. Oh, um, although now that I've seen that, I do want to next time I can like design my own credit card. Get one yourself. That is, I'm at least going to look into it and see if I can get a bat credit card. That'd be awesome. Um, but oh, they also yeah. had like little handheld lasers uh, that Robin yeah. uses to free Batman from the ice, and then also Batman uses to free Robin from the ice after. So right, and they use it later in the movie too. I mean, they're like heat lasers or something that they are very useful against Mister Freeze's constant freezing of things. Yes, yes, that is correct. And of course, um, you can't forget about the synchronized ice skates. <laughs> that's like that's one of the things. That's still early in the movie. That's another one where you're like, "Wait, what?" Like you see all the bad guys skating around, and you're like, "Sure, whatever." Like Mister Freeze, he has a frozen goons. Yeah, yeah. But then they got hockey sticks and stuff. Batman yeah. and Robin is like, "All right, remember what I taught you? Like tap your heels together to engage your your." Sky- they both fall. They both fall down on their backs at the same time. Lift their legs into the air, like look at each other, and then click their heels together, and then ice skates appear from nowhere. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, yeah. yeah, that is pretty specific to this Batman. <laughs> yeah, I wish we saw more of that. Yes, and, we, um, and then well, and then of course the bat bomb. Yes, which actually, now that I think about it, isn't. I don't know how specific it is to this movie, but. Apparently, this universe of Batman uses bat bombs a lot because when Batman whips out his bat bomb, places it on the wall, and they're inside of Mr. Freeze's, like, doomsday device, uh, yeah. Robin looks at it and goes, a bat bomb? Like, why are you using that? Like, we everyone knows what a bat bomb is. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not, it's not a bomb. It's a bat bomb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I mean, we've talked about Batman's uh, affinity for domestic terrorism. He's used explosives right. before, but this one is branded Bat Bomb. That's right. Want to make sure you know who's blown you up. Ooh. Um. Yeah. So yeah, one of the other di- differences we kind of covered is that uh, this Batman is 
he's already established as Batman. At no right. point does the city doubt what side he's on or uh, even complain about some of the public destruction he causes because yeah, they're... it's always for the greater good. They all know. They all know he's there for their benefit. Right. Well, when they're at the observatory, someone even says he's like, "Oh, you must not be from here. Like this is Gotham." Batman and Robin protect us, like yeah. not the police. It's just us. <laughs> Commissioner oh, Gordon's a hack. Actually, yeah. Can I? Can I just? The police in this movie are less than useless. Okay. <laughs> Every time they show up, not only do they just get the crap beat out of them without them doing anything to help the situation, some of them even become projectile weapons used against other good guys. <laughs> They're so. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, that's true. That happens more than once. It's, it's <laughs> insulting, honestly, to police officers how poorly the ones in this movie perform. But I guess my police like my, my police would suck, too, if they would just relied on caped superheroes to do their job for them all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, they're just, they're just as ridiculous as the rest of this movie is, honestly. They're just falling all over the place, and, like, they have a bunch of gu- They have guns, but the guns don't do anything. <laughs> they're just... You know, they shoot at him and they just glance off or whatever. They're basically like water pistols. So, yep. Um, another like big f- change in this movie to Batman's character is that he doesn't care at all about stealth or strategy. In this last, in the last movie, we were like, we focused on like how he uses like, like psychological methods to deal damage to his opponents. But in this one, he, like, when he first meets Mr. Freeze, he comes in from the ceiling, he makes a loud crashing noise, lands straight on top of the dinosaur, and says, Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman, and then proceeds <laughs> to surf down the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, that's a good point, too. Uh, another, like, departure from other Batmans is he, his perception is who he is. Like, when, it, when Mr. Freeze encounters Batman, there's no mystery about what Batman is capable of. He just yeah. is a superhero. Uh, he might right. not have any superpowers, but he does stuff that no other human can do. I, his, re- his reputation precedes him, but in a way that's like, that's not the same, you know? It's not so much that he's like a scary person. He's just like another, he's another like, you know, force of good that you need to strike down in your quest of, of do- world domination. Right, and there's no deception in his image. He's not tricking yeah. you into thinking that he's some godly, you know, creature of the night. He's just Batman. Right. He's straight up. That's right. He's, I mean, he's just like Mr. Freeze. Like, Mr. Freeze is there in his cold suit, you know, looking pretty, looking pretty fresh, looking pretty chill. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then Batman shows up and it's like, we understand each other. We're both dressed ridiculously. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. They're both playing the same game there. Um, okay, but a little bit more to Bruce Wayne's personal life in this one. He right. is dating a girl named Julie Madison who never shows up in any other movie. And apparently she's a co- she is like a character from the comics. Okay. I mean, that makes um, sense. It's not a hard thing to be consistent about. She's just, like, I don't even know what the point of her is. She's just there to make him feel awkward because someone asks him when they're going to get married. Well, I think it, it makes sense that billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne would have, like, if he's this much in the public eye that he'd be part yeah. of some... Uh, celebrity couple. He's uh, Bruley, I guess would be the <laughs> or Juice. He would be Juice. Uh, Juice is better. <laughs> and um, but no, it, it's so 
the thing is for the purposes of this movie it doesn't make a lot of sense because a major conflict between batman or bruce wayne and dick dickington or whatever whatever robin's name is um, oh i haven't done what that was. i actually don't know what his name i don't either is. i know his first name is dick but i mean dick dick grayson dick grayson, dick grayson a big point of contention between bruce wayne and dick grayson is who gets to be with poison ivy yeah. dick never once mentioned you're already dating julie madison <laughs> That never comes up. She's just no, it doesn't. Which which just adds to your point, which is like, what is Julie Madison's purpose of being included in this movie at all? I just, I don't know. You just kind of feel bad for her, honestly. Wait, but well, I don't feel that bad for her really because she's realistic. Um, she says like Bruce, you know, I, I'm not going to force you into a corner here, but like if you can't commit, then I need to move on. Because I'm Julie Madison, and I'm, I'm like some, I'm somewhat important myself, and I can go marry someone sure. else. You know, so it's not. I guess it's not. I don't really feel bad for her at all, except for the fact where she has to be included in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, um, another. Uh, yeah. So, well, like, yeah, one of Batman's rebuttals against Ivy's, or I guess Doctor whatever her name is, um. Not it's who Poison Ivy is when she's not in the green costume is uh, Pamela Isley. Pamela Isley, that's right. So his rebuttal, part of his rebuttal, is that people come first uh, when right. she's like fighting for plants, which is such a broad position to take. Like <laughs> Batman, what do you well, stand when, for? When she's when she's pitching plants, <laughs> like we should kill people for plants. It's pretty it's pretty easy to make an argument that you know people come first yeah so, so but at, at least we know where bruce stands he's pro humanity he's pro humanity well i don't know like we can kind of talk about like the more how this movie tries to be more serious and like the overarching theme of bruce wayne i guess or like or what batman is hoping to accomplish because when when he's talking to alfred and, and like about alfred's you know sickness and how he's dying he says uh, what is Batman but an effort to control the chaos that sweeps our world, an attempt to control death itself? Which is some pretty heavy stuff for this really campy, silly movie. Like, how... I, I don't understand like the why they would kind of include this at all, but it is it does kind of give some depth to, I guess, Batman's motivation, that he's trying to stop death? Well, it, Which, I mean, death plays a large part of in who Batman is. I think it's a appropriate topic to surround Batman with because he is. It doesn't Bat- fit in with this movie, though. Not really. Oh no, no one does. <laughs> no, it's 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 pretty striking how 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 serious that topic is compared to uh, you know 37 ice puns. hi freeze i'm batman <laughs> yeah and surfing down the dinosaur spine like straight out of the flintstones <laughs> come on <laughs> uh, oh jeez but um yeah I'll- yeah so again like this isn't this really doesn't seem like batman's movie he's like he's just he's more like he's i wouldn't i wouldn't want to even say like a side character he's more like the thing that things happen to you know yeah he's just kind of there um and yeah it's just a it's just kind of a mess um the there is like a a fun fact that i got from imdb um which says uh, due to the difficulty and large amount of time it took to remove the bat suit george clooney reportedly urinated in the suit at least once that is amazing that is amazing (laughs) 
I wonder. So that's a real dedication. I wonder if you can find what scene it is that he that George Clooney is standing oh, in his like own like urine. In there? Yeah, like <laughs> implying that they they filmed that. That was him standing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay, so let's talk about the other titular character in this movie, Robin. He's a he's a whiny whiny little dick. Yeah, the, yes, the with the power to whine more than anyone else. <laughs> Um, he also, I think, has dead parents, um, because he mentions, like, I think he mentions something about being an orphan, or how, like, he, like his parents aren't around anymore. Is it even possible like that, to get so. a job at the circus if your parents aren't dead? I think his parents died in the circus. Oh. I think they were, now it's, like, coming back to me. I think they were all trapeze artists, and then they all fell, and he survived. Classic. Like, classic hazard of that job, <laughs> falling. Yeah. Your whole family dies in a moment. Yeah, so that's uh, that's not really uh, talked about in this movie, though. Right, well, um, and it, but... it definitely, even if it did, it doesn't impact him really that much. He's still just a, no. just a whiny dude. He even falls from various high places in this movie and never once mentions, like, this is how my folks died. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, Batman like brings father, like son. Uh, he he brings up his parents' death any chance he gets. Any chance he gets, that's right. <laughs> okay, but he, he's got his own like Robin vehicle because the Batmobile only has one seat. <laughs> um, so he's got the the Robin cycle because he loves motorcycles or something. Which Batman can deactivate at any time. <laughs> <laughs> he legitimately almost kills him. Like. That, like Robin is riding down some giant statue's arm, right? He's gonna he's gonna launch off of it, um, on his motorcycle, and Batman's like, nah, let me deactivate that that thing, you know, right now, and then he has Robin has to like stop it from rolling off this guy's arm, as opposed to like ma- possibly making the jump and then surviving, you know. Uh, the thing is, the, okay, so. My problem with that whole conflict, besides the fact that they're fighting over a villain that they know is tricking them, because they discuss it after the first time, okay, and the fact that Batman is... A bad guy. A bad, yes. Guy, no. Okay, fine. A bad woman. Uh, but, and Batman is already dating somebody, so let, forget all that, okay? Sure. At the same time, he's... Uh, Oh, yes. Okay, I remember now. Okay. So, okay. the okay, my biggest problem with like this whole fight they have between Batman yeah. and Robin in like the causing the conflict is that Batman doesn't trust Robin and he he doesn't let him make his own decisions. He deactivates his bike for him. Uh he, he just right. like he's kind of over like controlling. But every time he does that, it works out. Like he, he's right. <laughs> you know, he's not so there's no conflict. It's just that Batman is right and Robin is a, a whiny little like loser. So Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's not compelling at all. Like cuz I mean, Batman says, "You're not going to make the jump," you know, and and Robin's like, "I can make the jump." And Batman's like, uh, "Whatever, I don't care. I'm going to stop you and I'm also going to stop Freeze." And what happens? Batman sends Freeze to Arkham Asylum. Batman is yeah. right. So I, it's a little hard to feel for Robin. Yeah, it's like maybe he's not the big superhero or whatever, but largely the problems are from him disagreeing with Batman's correct decisions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. So it's like, yeah, trust me, but like you haven't done anything to, to like uh, make me want to trust you, right. really. Like you have to earn that somehow. And, 
you're not exactly doing it. But like the real the the resolution of the conflict is that Batman has to pretend that Robin is his partner. That's like <laughs> I mean, like to, just to, just to satisfy him. And honestly, if I was Batman, I'd be in the market for a new sidekick because this guy can't he appreciate getting a chill with the coolest like superhero in Gotham? Come on. Yeah. Now hiring uh, recent orphans. <laughs> like circus, circus experience preferred. <laughs> oh, yeah. or, uh, or not. Maybe he's, he's done with circus performers. Yeah, probably. Don't bother applying if you've worked in a circus. Well, it, it's, it's really just like little brother syndrome, right? Like Robin yeah. wants to be Batman. He wants to be equals with him or better than him. Uh, and, yeah. and he's just kind of tr- just fixated on that. And it, it makes him a bad sidekick. It sure does. You know, it would, it would be better if he, like, you know, I don't know, proved his worth more, you know. But he really just kind of gets tossed aside. That's the thing with Robin, I think. In a lot of, like, movies that have Robin in them, it, or, or even, like, I would say, like, this is so, like, evident in, in like, the shows like The Flash, where they have Kid Flash on the, on the show. He's, like, the sidekick. They always, like, the, the sidekick is always can fodder. They always push him to the side. He always gets beat up by the villain, and then he's like out of commission until the real hero comes in and stops and like saves the day. He's like there to up the stakes. Like, wow, this guy really got him because you know he beat up the sidekick. But then you know it takes a real professional to knock him out. So you never like, you never get to see like how good Robin really is or anything because he's constantly getting beat to the side. He does hand out some judgment against some goons from time to time, but yeah, for the most yeah. part, he's a liability. It's true. Really is. Um, we already kind of talked about the Robin symbol, but like, uh, I just can't stress enough how stupid it is. It's just like thin and red, and it, like it's like when it's on his suit, it kind of looks cool because it like, goes down to his shoulders and stuff. But like, are you, if you looked at it, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's the Robin symbol." You look at it and be like, oh, that's just some sort of design he has on his suit. So I, I actually, <laughs> this kind of sounds silly, but I, I actually kind of forgot that he was supposed to be a bird because, uh. because I had seen Robin. Like, I thought his name was just Robin, you know? That's like a pretty yeah, yeah, secondary, yeah. like, sidekick kind of name. <clears throat> he, um, like... <laughs> that might be a little biased. <laughs> well, here's, here, well, here's the thing. He, um, like, he doesn't need the bird aesthetic to be Batman's sidekick. Like, Batman looks like a bat, right? Robin, I'm not getting the bird thing from it. Like, I understand that the logo is also supposed to look like a very skinny bird, I guess. But (laughs) a lot of my experience came from the Adam West Batman, and Robin in that one just looks like a boy in, like, short yellow underwear. Like, he's he's not a bird... I I mean, he's not specifically bird-like. I don't remember it. Yeah, Yeah, so... um. I don't know. They're kind of it, it, it again just feels like he's a worse copy of Batman with the like yeah. pushing the bird thing. I don't yeah, I, now that you say that it's like why is he a Robin at all? Like what what about Robins convey the same feelings as bats? Yeah. People people like are scared of bats. <laughs> Dude, they should just pick something bat related and made him the secondary. Like he could have been Guano Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Oh, that would I would I would actually be a huge fan of Guano. Boy. We're not going to be able to top that. Guano boy. <laughs> Everyone would know that's bat related. It makes perfect sense. Um It makes perfect sense to me. But 
we should talk about one of his high points in this movie, which is when he finally puts Poison Ivy to the test. Yes. Kind of. I mean, he kind of gets everything he wants in that in that scene, right? Well, let, let's start off with how he gets there, right? Because he spends the whole movie fighting over Poison Ivy with Batman. Even though, yeah. okay, so the first time they get hit with the pheromones was at the auction, where right. she shows up and she kind of looks like the other people who are uh, being auctioned off, which fits. I mean, that works out so well for her. A party that's themed yes. basically around her character. That's great for her. Well, it was like it was like a botanical gardens fundraiser, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, you're right, you're right, and that's why she so said like, she wanted to be there, the doctor or whatever. Right. Um, right. But th- so they get hit with the pheromones, which what did you think was happening when she was blowing in your face? Uh, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't even think about that. They're just like, oh, oh wow, <laughs> wow. Now I'm really into this girl, and whatever. I'm sure that works the first time, but after that, they're like, yeah, I was in love with her, but now I feel nothing. They say that, and then she get hit with them again, and Robin is just like, I'm in love with her again, and, and I, <laughs> this time it's legit. And won't listen to reason. Yeah. yeah. So he's like so easily tricked by her pheromones. And then he shows up eventually, right? This is a bunch of stuff that happens, but eventually he shows yeah. up because she puts up the Robin symbol, and he comes to her hideout, and, uh, and he drops this amazing line where he's like, I want us to be together but I want to make sure you're serious about turning over a new leaf. <laughs> uh, we're just not spared any puns in this movie. Uh, not even close. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but, but he does have a, a trick up his sleeve. He sure does. He's wearing, he's wearing condoms on his lips. <laughs> <laughs> it was unsettling to watch him peel that off his lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's like, because... Uh, the whole thing is that poison ivy will kill people by kissing them. Right. Um, so she like gets close to them, whatever. She uses the pheromones, and then she she kisses them, and then they die. Um, so he's wearing rubber lips, um, because he wants to kiss her. I guess like there's not really a reason. Well, I, no, it was well. I think it was because Batman told him that she has poisonous lips, and that's why she wants to kiss him so bad. And even though at the time he uh, Ooh, he he, he right. rejects that theory and says that it's just because Batman wants her for himself, uh, even though he has a girlfriend, obviously, and that makes no sense. But yep. that's why he rebukes Batman's uh, idea. But it sounds like he actually wanted to put it to the test because she put she puts her cards on the table right after she kisses him. She's like, yeah. ha, 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 like b- bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. Ah. Uh, yeah, but then he's not because he has those rubber lips. It's uh Good stuff. yeah. Robin Robin is a mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, one more mess. One more girl that he's part oh, after is God. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, it's stuff like this that I I'm pretty sure just would never even make it onto the screen uh today yeah. if these movies are made today. Um I mean bad movies are still made today, but there's just things that no one would like and it's when barbara wilson shows up at wayne manor you know unexpected guest Mm. and robin opens robin answers the door because alfred was asleep and his the first words out of his mouth it's not even a thought he just says it straight to her he's like please be looking for me like (laughs) ah you might as well have said hello legs (laughs) yeah you might as well have it's all it's it's just a sausage party in wayne manor you know yeah, and, and I love how Barbara Wilson never questions it. She's like, so you three dudes live here by yourselves? That's cool. <laughs> Can I join? Yeah. <laughs> Can I live here too? 
Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to another prominent character in the Batman universe. Alfred. Yes. Again, played by Michael Gow. Um, and this time he is dying, dying of McGregor's syndrome, the same syndrome that Mr. Freeze's wife is dying of. Yes. Um, except that he keeps it a secret. Well, first of all, he doesn't even tell Batman or Bruce Wayne that he has a niece, I think. That's like a surprise. And then he doesn't tell him that he's dying. Bruce Wayne has to infer it himself. Yes, and, and Alfred's niece is quite fond of him, despite the fact that Bruce Wayne... Alfred's master has never heard or met like her, heard of her or met yeah, her. Yeah, like all. how often does Alfred go on vacation and see his family? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, why wouldn't they come visit him? His house yeah. is dope. <laughs> yeah, he's plenty of extra room. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Ugh, I don't know. And so he's like, um, he has a, he has his whole family. He's, I mean, uh, Barbara's uh, parents are also dead, so she's an orphan too. They died some mysterious way. And then um, he, uh, Alfred actually has another brother who is also a butler. <laughs> of course. In like a traveling, like he's like a traveling butler. He like the guy who um, he's like, he serves is like a, a nomad or something. Yeah. And he seems like at the time, Al- I mean, Alfred knows he's dying and I think that his plan was to make Wilfred the next Alfred. Yes. He was like, he was going to send him all the information about like Bruce Wayne and, and, and Batman and uh, tell him that he, like, these guys need your help. They're doing good in the city of Gotham or whatever. I don't know. Alfred is kind of a computer whiz, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, he, he uploads his brain algorithms to it, to that, <laughs> to the Batman yeah. computer. I love it how it's, it's possible to have a brain algorithm, but you can't make it without it being glitchy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like because okay, yeah, here's the thing: like, the pre-recorded like stuff, it just doesn't work. It'd be different if his his sentences sounded muddled because it was words that he wasn't expecting to have to put together. But he yeah. said, "I prepared for this scenario." But he's like, "I pre- 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 prepared for this c- 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 scenario." Did you, like, <laughs> did you prepare for this scenario? Like, it doesn't seem like it. So, um, yeah, it almost seems like he didn't. But he is quite uh, quite good at the computers and quite good had being a part of bruce's childhood as the memories yes. of in wayne manor show us yes uh, all these times when bruce wayne is looking down a familiar hallway and he's like oh yes i remember when alfred was there uh reading me a story or or when i he, ran like, picked down me up when i fell yeah, i ran down the hallway tripped over nothing and he picked me up <laughs> <laughs> what a nasty tumble master wayne <laughs> just generic childhood memories to the max <laughs> Yeah, like, not even relevant to anything. Just like, oh, yeah, I remember when Alfred was a good, like, parent to me my whole life, and still is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he has some pretty good quotes. He has a couple of good quotes. He says, uh, I went in the very, one of his very first lines is, I'll cancel the pizzas. Oh, God. Yeah, because Robin tells him not to wait <laughs> up. Don't wait up, Al. Like, actually, that sounds like a pretty good time. Like Batman, Robin, and Alfred, like getting having a pizza night, pizza and n- yeah. Netflix, pizza and Netflix, make that a thing. And then, um, well, Bruce Wayne says to Alfred, uh, "Not all heroes wear cape, wear masks." Sorry, I keep wanting to say capes because that's like the that's the meme. <laughs> that is the meme. But, um, 
Yeah, so implying that Alfred is a hero in his own right. Um, which I don't know. Do you agree with that? Do you think Alfred is a hero? Same vein. I as think that Batman he's a hero Robin? in the sense that any like family man is a hero. Sure. Like, and I, I think that's yeah. a I think that's a uh, a sentiment I agree with that they're going for here because uh, while Batman does is out there doing like the real crime fighting and stuff, like he mm-hmm. I think that he realizes that he wouldn't be there with if he didn't have Alfred. Yeah, and Alfred takes care of like all the little things, you know. Yeah. So, it's good. It's it's actually like yeah. Alfred is the one like serious kind of uh, meaningful part of this movie, I guess. Uh, it, it, right. That almost doesn't even fit in with the rest of the movie as a result, uh, because I mean, like the scene where yeah. uh, it seems like Bruce Wayne is kind of coming to, uh, he's kind of understanding that Alfred's gonna die. And mm-hmm. he gives him like a kiss, and like it's just so. It's like it's trying to portray two men who genuinely love each other, which I think is a tough thing to to put on screen. Um, sure. And while I think that they pull it off, it's just bizarre inside of this movie. That's so yeah, weird. Yeah, in in the same movie where you have twenty seven ice puns, you also have uh this story, this like story about like dying of like a mysterious disease yes like like slowly wasting away um, and and like alfred is such a beloved character right i mean he's in every uh batman movie so yeah it's like coming to term with death and ice puns like yeah (laughs) does it it's just (laughs) an interesting combo yeah it is definitely like a strange combination to put together and well, and also, um, he basically is the uh, Alfred is kind of the key to reuniting Batman and Robin because his whole discussion with Batman about trust and like family is kind of what gives Batman the initiative to say the the baloney that he has to say to get Robin to stop whining. Yeah, but okay, that that whole thing is like is weird though because when when Batman says like oh like. You want me to trust you, but you need to trust me. Like, he just turns it around on him, right? Like, he's just like, you need to, like, I have shown you no trust, so now trust me. (laughs) He's like, listen, Robin, you should trust me, and I, in turn, will be trusted by you. Like, (laughs) that's right. And Robin's like, very simple. (laughs) And Robin's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that works both ways. Like,. Heads I win, tails you lose. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and, and like, I guess I can see the structure, how it's like Alfred told him that, Batman says some stuff, and now Robin's back on board. And, like, I, I can agree with that plot structure, but the way it's pulled off, I guess, is just kind of uh, not as satisfying. Uh, yeah, it's, like, I, I just don't understand Joel Schumacher's, like, like, intentions with this, like, including this in the story. It's, like... Oh, we're gonna have this fun, campy Batman movie, but let's also kill off Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> like lighthearted, you know? Everyone loves this. <laughs> yeah, surfing through the sky with explosions in space, dinosaurs, but diamonds. I mean, yeah, <laughs> um, he does have a really good quote uh, that I think you uh, you know which one I'm talking about here. Yeah, which we've already talked about once, but the. Batman's true villain is death in this movie, and that's what um, 
uh, Alfred says, there's a, there's a couple of different parts where they actually mention this. But he says, what is Batman but an effort to control the chaos that sweeps our world? An attempt to control death itself. It's a pretty profound statement about what Batman is in general that maybe transcends right. this movie and uh, can be applied to other Batmans. But I would I mean, that would have been a really interesting story is having like Batman come face to face with death, um, you know, because that's something that he's like historically not dealt with very well. Right. Yeah. It's so. Yeah, yeah it's super compelling. I mean, it, it, like we said, ba- death is what made Batman. Right. If his parents didn't die, he would have grown up just a spoiled rich kid. Instead, he's Batman. but that's not but that's not even sort of like hinted at. You know, it's not because of the tone of this movie. You know that Alfred's gonna be fine by the end. You know, no one else is gonna die. You know that you know Batman and Robin, despite like driving on giant metal statues in Gotham City, aren't gonna fall all the way to their deaths. You know, none of that's gonna happen. Every grappling hook is gonna is gonna stick. You know. Yes, very low stakes, I would say. Very, very. All right. Despite their best efforts, very, very low stakes. Yes. Um, all right. So th- this brings us to the last like major good guy or good girl in this situation. True. Batgirl, a.k.a. Barbara Wilson. That's right. She is an attendee or an ex-attendee of Oxbridge College, which I guess is a combination <laughs> of Oxford and like something else oxbridge that's not a real thing right oxbridge i i've never heard of it i'm not exactly an ivy leaguer but i'm not i don't think that's one of them yeah it, it's oxford and cambridge ah uh, like, yeah together yep that just shows you our education level the fact that we didn't immediately think cambridge but uh <laughs> <laughs> but oxbridge but i think is it's in like london a, it's just some stupid joke honestly like why not one or the other why oxbridge She's too, uh, she's too good for either of those colleges to claim her. I feel like Oxbridge is the knockoff version, you know? It's the um, Asylum Movies version of Oxford or Cambridge. <laughs> well, she's, she's got a, uh, a real affinity for motorcycles. <laughs> yes, she really does. She, she goes to uh, illegal street racing uh, motorcycle races i don't even know yeah. like i want to say like street racing but like there's motorcycles all motorcycles there's no cars and who organizes this like what is the yeah okay there are so many questions about the street racing thing but before we get to write that she gets she gets kicked out of oxbridge because she was racing street motorcycles but she says that she has been doing it since her parents died and she says her parents died five years ago how long is she in college? Is she getting her master's degree? Because that would explain why she got kicked out of college. Otherwise, she's been doing this since before she was in college. I don't. The thing is, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like that. I mean, okay. So the, the whole street racing thing, that whole scene at night. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. Kind of bizarre. Very. And just, in my opinion, boring. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot to it. It was just like, okay, now they're driving down this hallway and now there's like a little jump, but they're all wearing helmets. So it's hard to tell who's who. And uh, some of them are crashing, but you don't know who or, or care really. And, uh, and, and guess what? There's no, who, it doesn't care, it matter who wins because there is no, there's no finish line. I, I, it just like stops. Like it starts off as a street race and it ends with them like 
almost falling off a bridge. Well, it's, be- it's because it. some of the other street racers don't like her because she won last time, and they set a trap cheating. They just cheat blatantly. She's been doing this for five years, and it's the first time she's been set up. Right. She's been, she should know better. And then, yeah, and then she only survives because Robin is able to slide in, catch a little bit of rebar with his foot, <laughs> and, and catch her midair. Yeah. And then he drops the another beautiful line. So this is where you've been hanging out, and then and then they're back at Wayne Manor. And that's it. They don't, they don't explain how they got up from that. No, not at all. Like the the, uh, the the bikers that just tried to kill them. They're like, oh, we didn't get them. Oh well, <laughs> we're fine. Okay. And then they just get back inexplicably. Like, how does Robin even get her back up? He's hanging by a little bit of rebar. I wouldn't be yeah. like, if he swings in any direction, he's gonna fall. Abs- I don't. Yeah, absolute waste I, uh, of time. But, but like, how? How do they even know where they're going? You know, it's not like the things are marked. They literally drive through like a street, like blocked off thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those those orange like plastic things you see in the road to like, keep people from driving down the road. They drive through one of those. So what is this course? How do they know where they're going? <laughs> You know, if if Barbara gets out in front, she knows this. She just makes it up as she goes, and then like, how is that at all like regulated? And then of course, like the guy that she's like, like the bookie or whoever banker, that's his name. He's a shirt made out of shoes. Did you see that? <laughs> no, actually, I didn't notice that. There's just too it was many like a bunch wacky of shoes things. sewed together. I don't. I'm like, what is this? It made me wonder if like. The, the actor who played him, like, had that in his wardrobe and just wore it on set that day and was like, I think my character wears a shirt made out of shoes. <laughs> who cares? You know, this scene is worthless anyways. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so I, I don't understand any of it. I don't understand how it works, and it is pointless. All right, so, so that was her before she became Batgirl. And sure. let's talk about how she became Batgirl because it might be the most heartless hero origin story <laughs> of all time because her beloved Alfred is dying and he's like, hey, yep. I'm dying. I desperately need you to get this to somebody, to my, to my, my brother, Wilfred. Yep. But don't look at it. If you, I implore Promise you. Me, yeah. You won't look at it. Don't look at it. And um, she's like, okay, five minutes later, she's trying to guess even. his password. She like walks out of the room and is like, I'm going to look at this. <laughs> like, Wow. It's not even like a scene of like, it's not even like a scene of like her contemplating or like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't or like, I'm just so curious, you know. Or if there's, a, yeah, she's just like, it's a blank. She's like never, she's like, she's like, okay, and then like, like, like she never intended to uphold that her this her beloved dying uncle's last wishes. To be fair, she is actually like pretty dishonest. She shows up and stays with them and immediately yep. steals a motorcycle. Yes, to go illegal street racing. So that's, maybe that's the only reason why she came to Gotham. She heard about the street racing scene. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's totally selfish on her part. Like she's she doesn't actually care about Alfred. Maybe not. That's what it um, seems, honestly. It could as well be. And, but then, like, that's the thing is like, she betrays his trust, right? And then she finds the Batcave. And then when soon as she goes down there, there's a big um, recording of Alfred who's like. Oh, I knew you would do that. <laughs> I knew you. <laughs> You're so... Uh, I can't trust you for anything, and you just proved me right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's no implication about that. There's no implication of trust or loyalty. She just becomes Bat- <sighs> Batgirl, and she's good to go. And uh, when she runs into Batman, 
He questions the nature of her uh, of her name. Which is one of the most bizarre scenes in any movie ever. She shows up and she's in. She's like, "I'm Batgirl," and Batman says, "That's not awfully PC." What about Batperson or Batwoman? And then she's like, "What does she say?" Bruce, ah, uh, it's me, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> As if that answers the question. <laughs> At all. Oh my god. <laughs> but like, I, I words are failing me. I, I, not PC. Like, but by that same standard, neither is Batman, right? Why would you call yourself Bat Person? Yeah. No, obviously that'd be the first one. Like, like, I. I don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, to honestly, though, yeah, if you're if you're trying to stay PC and like be uh, gender neutral, why would you go sure. to such lengths to have an anatomically correct skin tight bat suit? Like yes. you wouldn't have bat nipples. Bat nipples. Yeah, you wouldn't have bat nipples if you gave it if you cared at all about your superhero identity being politically correct. All I have to say is hashtag free the bat nipple. <laughs> I want it. Yes, I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm gonna retweet that because I. I totally agree. Um, although she does seem to be fighting for uh, female empowerment because she sure does. She, she criticizes uh, Poison Ivy's seductive ways and claims that chicks like you give women a bad name. This okay. This is pretty interesting too because this is like back to our Sucker Punch podcast about all about like third wave feminism and like the empowerment of women to use like sexuality as like the, a, a way of empowering themselves. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, poison Ivy is using her feminine charms or her pheromones or whatever to get exactly what she wants and take over the world. You know, she, everything she's doing is very like selfish and she's using the fact that men control this world to her immediate advantage because she can control men. So, I don't know, it's kind of, I don't know where, she, where, where they actually stand here, right? This is two different forms of women empowerment in my mind. I think, yeah, no, I think you, you make a good point. Uh, because I don't think there's inherently anything wrong with the way that Poison Ivy goes about doing her evil deeds. I mean, obviously it's evil, but uh, her methods, of using her own sexuality to her advantage, isn't inherently giving women a bad name. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. Except that, you know. I don't know. It's, it's like equating femininity with sexuality, which isn't necessarily right. But positive. but it's also but they're not also not exclusive. No. So so I'm, yeah, I don't know what the uh, like where that like I don't know if Barbara actually has a point. <laughs> much like honestly. yeah, much like most of this movie, the <laughs> the message isn't very clear. No, it, it really does seem like like everything is not felt like thought through like the last two examples we just gave of these like weird like weird lines right it's like oh i have a stinger here but there's no there's no like implication behind it you know there's not like oh i i understand what this means there's not some it's not like that deep of a stinger it's more like oh i have a clever line you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paying lip service to feminism. Well, yeah, because she also, she, like, I would say a better line that is in the same vein is, you're about to become compost. Yes. <laughs> right back to the plant puns. Yep. Can't get away from it. <laughs> um, so another aspect of 
being an Oxbridge college student or former student is that Batgirl has the power of computers and she can literally use any computer perfectly. Oh, actually, wait a minute. I can't believe I didn't say this at the beginning. Um, the, the password ends up being, what was it? Peg? Yeah. The least secure password of all time. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Peg? <laughs> Alfred, you just you put, you put your brain in a computer and you think p- p- Peg is going to keep your secrets secure? What? Uh, I mean, that may be the, like, that may have been the thing that made me the most mad in this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, she- I want to know if Peg is actually a okay. Yeah, how do you get Peggy from Margaret? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Mag like oh like like Maggie, and then from Maggie to Maggie to Peggy to Peg. Okay, that's so like that's like seven I mean, that's degrees even, of Kevin Bacon right there. Like yeah, that's like a even further reach than rich to dick. Yeah, like uh. or Richard to dick. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah oh, Peg. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, we, we, while we're on the computer thing, I like as much as that Peg thing pissed you off. What pissed me off more was when she walks down into the Batcave and she's like, "Oh, hi, Alfred." And I'm like. You stupid girl! Like this computer can't hear you, and then the computer starts to talk back there. It's like, oh yeah, I uploaded my brain. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't think it could get stupider. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, she should know as a as a experienced computer scientist that that's not how it works. Yeah, um, but yeah, at the very like, she saves the day by hacking the ice away. <laughs> There's ice covering Gotham, and she's like, let me hack it. Yep. And, and then it melts. Saves the day. Uh, well, she do. also, speaking of sa- things that she saves, uh, she even saves Robin from falling to his death because Robin's uh, grappling hook, the one time you see a grappling hook not work is when yeah. Robin decides that a, an icicle is the best place to shoot his grappling hook. Yeah, he grabs the bottom. Like, and I'm so confused by that because the icicle breaks before the, the uh, grappling hook like slips off of this upside down cone that he has grappled to. How does that make any sense? It makes about as much sense as after figuring out that that happened, they still have time to shoot a different grappling hook up there. <laughs> the same thing, yes. And attach to something else. And then, you know my criticism of this, they don't die even though they just fell so far and came to a sudden stop. That's the same thing as hitting the ground, okay? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have to spell this out. They're dead. They don't it, like. You could even try to hide it by being like the, they attach it to something and then they swing, right? So like yeah. the the motion is converted in, into a different direction. But no, it's just yeah. boop. We stopped and now we're fine. Even though they're definitely Jeez. both dead. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that you're right. You're 100 right. Okay, so the last thing. Uh, talk about with um, Barbara Wilson, uh, and th- and this is going to go into my uh, my cringe compilation. Uh, so get ready. This is this is from IMDb. I found this this uh, fact. Most of the scenes with I with Batgirl were cut because Alicia Silverstone, the girl who plays her, had gained a few pounds during production, and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. 
When the press discovered the news, they slammed Silverstone's weight gain and mocked the actress for being too fat to fit into her, co into her costume. Director Scho Joel Schumacher publicly defended Silverstone during interviews by, uh, with press meetings, joking, what is, what's, what is this girl's big sin? That she ate some pizza? Oh, brother. <laughs> Isn't that your That's job to that, be like yeah. the right shape <laughs> for your movies? Like some, some actors have to gain weight. And like, yeah, some people have to, yeah, that's right, or or lose a lot of weight. Um, I I don't know. I mean, especially when it's like, when it's the, the suit is so skin tight and everything, and they have to like remake the suit. That's so. I mean, that's that's so sad, honestly. <laughs> but like, it probably was only like a couple of pounds. That's the thing. You know, it's just enough to overshoot. Yeah. I don't know. It's not great. It is kind of. It's kind of funny, though. <laughs> it's a uh, not great thing that happened to a not great character in this movie. Uh, but, right. okay, so that wraps up our summary, our, um, our reactions to the good characters, the, uh, the protagonist force, I guess, in this movie. Uh, we're going to take yep. a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to cover the villains, starting with my favorite part of this movie, Mr. Freeze. So stay with us. Here he comes now. The big hand. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Ten Below. Friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch turns to snow in my clutch. <laughs> I'm too much. <laughs> He's Mr. White Christmas, he's Mr. Snow, he's Mr. Icicle, he's Mr. Tenderloaf. Friends call me Snowmiser, whatever I touch, turns the snow in my clutch. <laughs> he's too much. I never wanna know a day that's over 40 degrees. All right, everyone, chill. <laughs> That's a good enough way to bring us back in. Um, Mr. Freeze, a.k.a. Dr. Freeze, um, right. a.k.a. Arnold Schwarzenegger, for my money, is the best part of this movie. He's the only person that like seems like this is, well, not the only, but he really seems like this is, he should be in this movie. Like, this movie should exist, and it should star Arnold Schwarzenegger, because yes, he's perfect. He is so perfect. There, I mean, there, there are certain, like, there's certain characters or, like, certain actors that you feel like should play certain roles, I think. You know, I feel like Jack Nicholson is, like, like really is almost a perfect um, Joker, just, like, based on his, like, previous records and stuff. And, of course, you could say Heath Ledger does the same thing, but his is so much different, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say, like, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, as he was in uh, Batman uh, forever like like based on all the stuff he's done in the past like it makes so much sense for him to be that character you know oh, he's just so silly and wacky totally agree um so i i think arnold as mr freeze is like the epitome of of perfect casting like he he looks so good in this like his whole body is covered in blue stuff he's got that awesome suit and he's moving around and he's just like he's laughing constantly the whole time. He looks like he's having so much fun. Yeah, and he's so he's such a brute with his uh, 
with like his ice powers like he's like causes all this mayhem and destruction and he kind of loves it while he's like engaged in it it's just and he does have a great laugh he does just to back up a little bit arnold uh actually was like was top build uh on this movie meaning that his name is listed before anybody else's um before even george clooney's that makes sense. Uh, and actually, Jack Nicholson was the same way in the, in the last Batman movie, too, um, which I, I didn't even notice. But he was listed before Michael Keaton um, uh, on the list, which is like a, apparently it's a huge deal for actors like being having top billing. So Arnold is an absolute star, and this is one of the reasons why. This movie is oh, yeah. awful, but if you're an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, you have to see it. You have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes i i totally agree right that. so um <laughs> so i i guess let's first let's talk about how dr what is his name dr dr freeze what's his first name dr victor freeze dr victor freeze becomes mr freeze uh when yes. he's doing some experiments and he falls dramatically backwards into like it's not like he like bumped up against a railing is like whoa whoa he like there's no railing (laughs) he dives backwards (laughs) he's like what what like that whole thing is so confusing to me too like 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 dumping people into vats i guess is a classic batman thing oh yeah big time it's like that's like it happens that's how we got the joker that's how we got that's how we get mr freeze Yep, and I it's mean, essentially how he got poison ivy. Kind of, yeah. She's like covered in chemicals, yeah. basically. But like, what? Like he's doing some sort of experiment, right? He's like he's like a mad scientist on his own, like experimenting. Well, he's with not even mad. Cryogenic. He's not even mad. He is not yet. He, but like, he's like I don't know. He's like he's a Nobel so focused Prize on this winner. one. Yeah, he's very he's very prestigious and everything, and he has this vat of like cold chemicals. Like, why does he need so many of them? Why is that that human-sized? And why isn't there a railing? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Well, also, I just remembered he's also a two-time Olympic decathlete. Yes. Totally unnecessary to include that, but I feel like Arnold wanted that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like Arnold had a big part in deciding, like, his character. It's like, I want to be very smart. Yeah. Put in there that I was in the Olympics. Uh, put it in that was Mr. Olympiad. <laughs> no, that's just you in real life, Arnold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, he's, but he is, like, it makes sense, though, because Arnold, even though he's playing Mr. Freeze, like, and a lot of times he's wearing that suit, he still is, like, a huge person and t- super built, um, which makes him yeah. a menacing bad guy. Uh, but also... It made Doctor Freeze originally seem like super all like well rounded. He's like the best athlete and also super smart Nobel Prize winning doctor. Like he's really fallen from grace. Sure has. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about his plan. Well, yeah. So his plan is he wants to save okay. his wife. His wife has yes. um what was it? Uh, McGregor's McGregor syndrome. Yeah, McGregor syndrome, and she's got like the worst case possible. She basically is dead, but he freezes yeah. her to kind of suspend her in this uh, state of not quite being dead but not quite being alive until he can he has time to find the cure, right? And uh, to do that. He's going to freeze Gotham in an endless winter and hold it ransom until he has, he, and I quote, until he has the billions he needs to finish his research. Like, billions. 
uh, I don't know what freezing Gotham is gonna do for like for that. Does Gotham have billions to spare? They must if they have all these giant godlike statues. But I mean, but seriously, billions in this movie is it like money equals research? Like, let me do a dump billions <laughs> into the research machine and cures will pop out. Well, that's how the diamonds work. You know, he's like, let me just dump all these diamonds into my suit, yeah. and now I can power. What it a somehow. pricey. I guess fuel source for his cold suit. It definitely seems like a fuel source, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I don't understand. I think they explain it. I think they say that it's the way that he stays cold is some something Diamond. from diamonds. Yeah. I mean, that's a reference back to our um, um, our first podcast, Reservoir Dogs, talk about ice. Yes. As a code name for diamonds yes and it i mean he's all about that ice he's about ice and he's about ice those are the two things that uh mr freeze cares about diamonds and freezing things <laughs> yes <laughs> that's right oh and but don't don't discount the puns yes no i mean i guess that's what i'm saying when he's about ice because he loves ice puns uh, uh which we will uh w- w- we have our favorite ones saved here yeah well we'll, f- we'll get to that yeah in a bit. um but but yeah, I think I think you're right. This is like his backstory. I think makes him actually like sympathetic and interesting more so than pretty much any other character in this movie. I mean, he's compelling. Like, yeah, he's like, you know, he just wants to, he's out there to save his wife. He's not. He's, he's totally focused on that. And of course, he's very upset when uh, Poison Ivy tells him that she's dead. You, you know, lie. Then, you're doing this all. <laughs> doing this all for her um and he's going to extreme measures obviously right and extreme temperatures too <laughs> it actually makes perfect sense uh that he would go on like an eternal killing rampage after she's dead because he was already so wildly committed to her yeah definitely which again how much sense does that make this guy was a two-time olympic deck athlete Nobel Prize winning doctor, and the only thing that matters to him is his wife? He, I mean, he, he's, sure. there, he has no other connections in this world. No one else is like... Yeah, that's, that's the thing that's, that's it, weird. It's like, it's like he's, he, has no other, he has no other option. Yeah. Right? Like, try, um, I don't know, try uh, GoFundMe. Seriously. Uh, Mr. Freeze. Like, save the Olympic, like, where, where's your home country? You know, don't they care about those yeah. Olympic, like, goals? So... I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, he does get uh, he does get pretty uh, emotional about her when when he finds that out. He also <laughs> a single tear <laughs> freezes on his face. That was cool. I like that. That was a cool effect. It definitely uh, yeah, it definitely got me feeling a little bit emotional. Um, but in <laughs> the fact that he's kind of like a well-rounded character, his whole arc there, um, he's even yeah. redeemed in the end. Uh, when he's yes, because. Yeah, because Batman is like, oh, by the way, your wife is alive. Um, not that we ever saw that. <laughs> not that we ever saw how his his wife was saved or anything. Right. <laughs> not not like not that we ever saw how his wife that has to be kept at like zero degrees uh, is ever saved. She just is. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, by the way, I saved your wife, and he's just like, oh good. Here, let me give you my these little cures that I keep in my suit. That I used to fight with. <laughs> uh, and, oh, dude, when he reached and grabbed those, like, I said it at the same time as him. I said, take two of these and call me in the morning. Like, what if at that point, 
in the movie, you knew that that cliche was coming. There's like, there's no way he's not going to drop that line. And obviously he did. Uh, so, and so his wordplay is absolute top notch in this movie. Uh, and b- yes. by that, I mean, it's terrible, but it's hilarious. It's great. Well, I mean, I think we should talk about some, one of your favorite things, which is a YouTube video um, that just lists all of Arnold's greatest quotes. Yeah, I think it's like, a, I forgot the exact number, but it's like a number, uh, like top whatever number Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes of all time. And the yeah. ones from this movie are some of the best ones in there. I mean, Arnold is <laughs> is a superstar, uh, you know, historically amazing actor. Like we, we all know. He's been in tons and tons of movies. And like, you know, there's so many movies where he's a ridiculous, funny guy with great lines, and this movie is no exception. Uh, some of my favorite yeah. ones. Um, but uh, so okay, let's let's talk about some of his uh, encounters in this movie specifically. Sure. Um, like first off, we we went through all this like, I guess not first off because it's kind of it's it's in the middle there. But uh, before he gets sent to Arkham Asylum, Mister Freeze yeah. gets apprehended by Batman in the least climactic apprehension of all time because Batman yes. flies off of that like statue hand after he basically kills Robin and uh, <laughs> he's flying through the sky and Mr. Freeze is like, I've got you now, freezes him in mid, like freezes the Batmobile in midair. Batman ditches it with no regard for public safety or where that's going to land. Nope. Flies through the air in a, what I would say is a pretty like sweet, like gliding jump. Uh, and then he crashes through. <laughs> Mr. Freeze is laughing at the frozen Batmobile. He's like, ha ha ha. Uh oh! And then Batman crashes <laughs> through his windshield, kicking him in the face. I guess. But then the next thing you see is Freeze knocked out on the ground and Batman like standing menacingly above him. That's it. Yeah, it's just like a jump cut. You're just like, oh, I guess it's over. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. You know, like after all of this. And the thing is, I'm not saying that Batman couldn't apprehend Mr. Freeze, but he's had so many chances before this, and then he just couldn't. And now it's just this easy. It just. Yeah, he just, he kicks him in the chest one time, and then that's it. That's it. Yep, it's just weird. Um, he had all that momentum from uh, the Batmobile being frozen. Yeah, and uh, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. So another thing, Mister Freeze, uh, kind of parallels uh, the Joker from the last Bat- from from Batman when the yeah. last movie we talked about. Because uh, where would he be without his goons? <laughs> he has <laughs> nowhere. Where did he get these goons? By the way, it's like I, I, I need goons that can all <laughs> ice skate and are are comfortable being in sub zero temperatures at all times. But like they're not comfortable. They're always shivering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like and Freeze does not endear himself to his goons at all. Uh, no, he's he's totally freezing them left and right. Yeah, yeah, he freezes his own guys at, the sl- at, at any perceived slight, and uh... <laughs> well, okay, the um the spiritual successor to Bob in this movie is a, a goon named Frosty. Frosty. <laughs> and uh... like, who cares if that's really his name? That's a great goon name. I don't think Mister Freeze cares if that's his name either. That's what he's gonna call him. Obviously, and then, uh, yeah, Frosty shows up. He's like, okay, because Freeze is so emotional and always watching. Like he's only watching things that adhere directly to his life. The first one we see him watching is the uh, 
the ice, the, what is it called? The Snow Miser song? The Snow Miser song, yeah, from uh, The Year Without a Santa yeah, Claus. And he's, and he's, like, directing them, like, <laughs> directing the um, the goons to sing along with the song. And he's like, and they can't. He's like, sing! You're like, forcing them to, which is weird, of course. And then uh, and then later, he's watching his wedding video, or, so, or, yep. or just, like, videos from his past, because one of them is him, like, putting the necklace on his wife, and it's like, who is filming this? <laughs> why, why do we have this footage? And then, uh, and then while he's watching that, Frosty shows up with actual pertinent information, like, doing yep. his job exceedingly well bringing the newspaper <laughs> to freeze and freeze turns and kills him <laughs> with a freeze gun just so he can land a, a very poor one-liner it's like i hate when people talk during the movies like dude he just killed frosty for that line that no one even heard it was just him but the worst part the worst part, yeah, he didn't. That's funny. The, the worst part is that he gets up and then goes over t- and finds the frozen newspaper that Frosty was holding, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is really useful." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually, I'm pretty sure at that point he says, he says, "Nice," and I can only imagine okay. that he's saying "nice" because it's lowercase n and like all caps I C E. Nice. Nice. Uh, so yeah i feel once again like the overachieving head goon gets gets in this situation iced for no reason at all uh so crime doesn't pay sucks if you're a goon true that's right only if you're the head um okay so there is we already talked a little bit about like their aesthetic but like they have hockey sticks and skates and somebody calls them the hockey team from hell which i feel like is a really missed opportunity to make an he double hockey sticks reference yeah big time miss yeah oh well there's also a sexy ice cream <laughs> yeah where'd she come <laughs> she's from she's like she's like dressing like a see-through parka <laughs> and she's like i'm feeling hot and and mr freeze is like i find that unlikely <laughs> Yeah, no, and, like, she, like, offers to, like, bang him, and and then he goes, my passion thaws for my bride alone, (laughs) and then she replies with, talk about a cold shoulder, like, like, left and right, just getting hit with, like, ice puns nonstop. It was like, what's the point? Why is she there? I know why she's there, for the ice puns. That was the only reason. (laughs) Like That's true. Hard to, yep, you're right. I mean, it's hard to say anything about that. I, yeah, it, it, we have, that's not even, we've barely dipped into the ice puns at this point. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so a big part of what makes F- Mr. Freeze so menacing, so powerful, is he has, like, the power to freeze things with his freeze gun. Uh, but yeah. that's not the only thing it can do. Yes, that's right. It can also slow your dispense. <laughs> Excuse me. I can't say this. I'm laughing. Slow your descent from space. Yes. <laughs> he jumps out of his um his like little rocket ship that he has Batman tied up in, and he has like wings, which he uses to fly down, which don't seem like they're like slowing his fall at all. And and then Batman will do like takes the wings off of him, and then he just uses his freeze gun and like shoots it at the ground and like. <laughs> Like, somehow slows down his descent by shooting the ground with his gun. 
I don't know how that works. That but. whole situation made no sense because, like, not only freeze gun like keeping you from dying, stupid. First off, uh, <laughs> but also Batman and Robin, like, it's an actual inconsistency in this movie uh, because they're falling and they shoot their grappling hooks up and it, you you see the you know every time they shoot their grappling hook it cuts yeah. to where the grappling hook is going and it wrapping around and latching on right uh but right. so you see them do that at the last second and then in the next scene they hit the ground but there's no grappling hooks <laughs> i didn't even know <laughs> yeah, like, like they shoot their grappling hooks the grappling hooks latch on and then they just land from the sky with nothing stopping them <laughs> and then take off after freeze it just I went back and watched it like three oh times. Gosh. It's so inconsistent. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, he also, like, the, the freeze gun is, like, surprisingly um, precise because he can freeze Batman's hands to the walls without killing him. Yeah, without freezing any more of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he tries to, like, he has an opportunity to actually kill him with the gun, but, of course, he never does directly. Yeah. He's always never. Uh, he's always shooting the sides and stuff. Yeah, he he freezes. I mean, one one part that I just didn't understand at all. They're they're chasing after Freeze, and Robin's like, "I've got him!" And then Freeze freezes Robin, and then Batman yeah. is standing there, and Freeze is standing there, and he's like, "You've got eleven minutes to unfreeze him. Will you chase the bad guy, or will you like Freeze shoot Batman?" <laughs> <laughs> just that's it. Then it's over. <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't understand like, at all why that happened. And not to mention that they froze Robin next to, like, a body of water that Batman could use. Yeah, that, amazing. like, was, like, bubbling or something. And then Batman oh, lasers the water. Actually, that's not my favorite part of that scene. My favorite part of that scene is when Freeze leaves. Okay, first off, the wall explodes and gives him a way out. Why? Like, what? <laughs> who did that? Yeah, the, the tank just shows up and is like, ah, oh, I knew where you would be. Yeah, like. You know, all that stuff about you, like, having wings and then, like, getting lost to the wings and then shooting the ground with a freeze gun. Like, nah, we know where you're yeah, going. Yeah, we knew exactly where you were going to be. And then he walks out, freezes it solid. <laughs> but then, like, it, like he's, such a, he's so cheeky. He, like, wipes <laughs> the, the ice so he can see through it. And, like, does a little tiny wave at Batman through it just to, like, egg him on a little bit more. Yeah. Like, oh, God. That's so silly. <laughs> So silly. Your emotions make you weak. That's why the day's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. actually a really good line. I uh, it really I like that one. It makes me wonder, like, about like, like, uh, freezes, like motivation though, right? Because like he's all emotional. He's all about trying to save his wife, um, who he's very emotionally attached to. Um, but that's you know that's not it. It's, you know, when, when Batman tries to save the person that he cares about, that makes him weak. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. I didn't think about it like that. Come on, Freeze. <laughs> Have some consistency. All right, do you think it's time to start talking about um, some ice puns? I don't even know if my, like, terrible Arnold impression is going to last through all these lines. But he just has so many absolute stunners in this movie. Uh <laughs> Okay, we, a couple of them I want to talk about is one that you've already mentioned. All right, everyone, chill. I keep thinking he's gonna say freeze, right? Why does he say chill? Um, like, I, to tell you the truth, I've just heard that line so many times in the Arnold YouTube now video. That just makes sense. That, that way. yeah, that's it. Sounds good. <laughs> I mean, but you can be like yes. chill. I don't know. Chill has a double meaning in the sense where you could just yeah. be like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it works. But like, 
when he comes into the party, he's just like, chill. He's not like, freeze, like, you know, stop what you're doing and listen to One me. thing that I did appreciate in all the puns, ice and otherwise, is that they don't repeat themselves very much. Yes. Uh, I was so, I was really impressed with that. Yeah. There was no repeats. No reposts here. Yeah, um, yeah, no reposts, uh, which if you're going to do this many puns, at least make them all unique. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, you're not sending me to the cooler. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, we're we just going to do rapid fire here. Like, what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice the Age! Ice age. <laughs> which, actually, he, I, I didn't know that he freezes a dinosaur solid after that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just a random line. <laughs> so that actually, that actually does make sense. Well, I thought he was going to, like, cause the Ice Age and kill, like, Batman or something. Oh, I see, I see. see. Um, And then he's also, he's all obsessed with the icy cold of space. (laughs) And right before... Well, he says... Well, wait. Go ahead. Well, right before he, like, exits that contraption, he's like, freeze well. And then he, like, blasts his way out the door and, like, jumps from the... What is that supposed to mean? Is that What is that? Freeze well? Am I missing a reference here? I am not sure. I think like what? Good luck or something? <laughs> I guess so. Freeze well. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and uh, it's—I have no idea. Um, I mean, we also covered the uh. my passion thaws for my bride alone <laughs> and the cold shoulder reception to that. Yep. Um, oh, and when he leaves after arriving and saying, "All right, everyone, <laughs> chill," he says, "Cool party." <laughs> Like, that one's one of the best ones because it's so lazy. <laughs> well, they get them. Okay, they get them in the um, into the uh, Arkham Asylum. Uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, and they say, "Welcome home, Frostface. You're the common cold, and we're the cure." Yeah, and then and actually, yeah, and and I wish he had said this earlier, but he's like, because this this line doesn't like what he says next doesn't really make sense because they already know who he is. But it is still really cool. Like he's like, allow me to break the ice. <laughs> My name is Freeze. Learn it well, for it is the chilling sound of your doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But allow me to break good the stuff. ice. Definitely couldn't make this movie without that line. Yeah. Um, That's definitely a good one. And then oh, and oh, you also <laughs> can't make this movie without. Let's kick some ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. I'm like, what is he trying to say? <laughs> he's trying to say, you know what he's trying to say. Okay. Let's, but like, kick some ice. I mean, ice kind of sounds like ass. I guess. <laughs> he's close enough for Does him. It? Okay. Um, and then, of course, um, tonight's forecast a freeze is coming. <laughs> at that point, yeah. At that point, he was r- really rummaging around in his bag of tricks yeah, to yeah. find something. Um, all, freeze in hell Batman yeah freeze in hell Batman is a good one um, <laughs> yeah and this one's not really a ice pun but when no. he's teaming up with Poison Ivy he's like Adam and evil <laughs> <laughs> when they're talking about being the, the prospect of them being the last two humans on earth uh, oh boy that's, nu- that's just nuts I, it's like oh we've got one of the best ones um, mercy. I'm afraid my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. <laughs> yeah, it's where he kills the police officer, right? <laughs> That's right. The guy's begging for mercy. Yes, good stuff. This is good stuff. He's, uh, yeah, Mr. Freeze, definitely my favorite character. I mean, obviously, our 
little you know our, our uh, montage of freeze lines if it did if that didn't make it clear enough i absolutely adore uh mr freeze arnold kills it in this role he's perfect for it uh and it's one of the yeah. best parts of this movie definitely is definitely is makes it all worth it in a way all right so let's move on to our other villain poison ivy played by uma thurman another big name actress or actor uh yep. but w- was she a big name back then um i'm pretty sure i mean this was after pulp fiction which was in 1994 um and she was like you know well known i think in that movie oh yeah i mean she's on the she's, she's on the cover she's kind of she's kind of um like she's not in as much stuff anymore but she used to be in a lot of stuff well, she's she's good in this one too. I would say she really she's not. A, she's definitely not a problem with this movie. No, definitely. And she's just just like um, Arnold. She's like having so much fun the whole time. And I feel like her delivery of all her lines is just awesome. Like, uh, let's see if I can if I can do a poison ivy voice. Bane, darling, I found a fellow who strikes my fancy. A cool customer, yes. Icy demeanor, no question. But I detect a certain ruthless charm I may be able to use to my advantage. Yeah, she definitely she says, like, relishes her opportunity to be this like evil force against humanity. Definitely, and she's like she just loves plants so much. It's like super weird. Okay, but can um, we let's let's yeah her just her, her inflection and everything like the way she she talks is just I don't know it's it makes it all very entertaining. Yes, no, I mean. Um, and she also plays kind of like the dorky scientist well, as, too. Like, Uma Thurma's acting is definitely uh, above average in this movie. But, yeah. okay, let's talk about her origin story, how we get to yep. Poison Ivy. We get from, uh, uh, what was her name? You said it before. Pamela Isley. Yes, Pamela Isley. How do we get from Pamela Isley to Poison Ivy? Right, so, okay, it's, it's a little convoluted because it's mixed in with Bane's origin story, but basically the guy who's trying to create Bane uh, rushes into her lab and, like, pushes a bunch of venomous, venom, venomous, venomous plants and animals onto her, and she, like, gets crushed. And then she, like, falls into the earth and then is, like, reborn with crazy plant powers. Right, well, he doesn't just push her. He, like, makes an advance towards her. And she right. rejects him, and he says, I don't deal with rejection very well, so I'm going to kill you. Which actually <laughs> yeah. doesn't seem that crazy of a reaction from a mad scientist. No, not at all. He, he's pretty uh, unstable. I mean, especially since, like, she, he never let her come into the lab where, she was, where he was, you know, working. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that he's, like, successful, he's like, ah, uh, come with me, and we'll, you know, we'll rule the world together or something. It's like... Like, did you really want this the whole time? Then why did you keep me out? The whole yeah, time? and also, how long has she resisted the temptation to open the door? Because she's like, he never lets me in there. I wonder what's going on. Opens the door. Opens the door. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, how long have you been in this creepy <laughs> science place uh, and not known what else goes on there? Yeah. So her whole like thing is like she she thinks plants are defenseless and that like she. You know, plants can't defend themselves against humanity or against other things. And actually, I like I did a little bit of research about plants and discovered that they actually are not as defenseless as they might seem. Would you like to know more? I pre- yes, uh, I'm pressing yes. I would like to know more. <laughs> <laughs> Please subscribe for plant facts. <laughs> 
All right. So, like, obviously, you know about plants that use, like, physical therapy, like, physical therapy, physical properties, like uh, thorns and spines, or, like, there's those ones that, like, you touch and then they, like, curl up. You've seen those before? I don't think so. You're talking about, like, a it's like, Venus flytrap? Not exactly. It's, like, a similar physical movement, but it's, like, they don't look like, they look like regular plants. They just have, they look like little ferns. And if you, if you touch or, like, jostle them, their leaves will all curl up and, like, look like it's dead. But then they'll just, like, expand later. Interesting. It's cool. There's also, like, like certain fruits and stuff that, like, when you bite into them, they'll, like, prick the inside of your mouth and make you more, in, like, more likely to get infected and stuff. So there's a lot of physical things. But they also use, like, chemical weapons to c- communicate between each other and also to a- attack other things. Like, they'll secrete certain chemicals to scare off stuff, but they'll also... There's, like, a cotton... A certain type of cotton that will, um, if they're being eaten by caterpillars, will secrete a chemical mixture that will attract wasps to come eat the caterpillars. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. They can also, like, communicate to, like, other parts of the plant or, like, to each other by secreting different kind of pheromones and stuff, and that will... They, they can, like, change their physical structure. And, um, like, each... They, they don't have an immune system like we do, but they do have, like, a really sophisticated immune system that works cell by cell. And you can actually quarantine different parts of the plant or, like, beef up your, like, cell walls um, or something called cuticles, which is, like, the, the waxy outside of the, the leaves. All of those things, um, uh, like, are, are, like, variable and can be adjusted on the fly um, it's it's almost like like real time evolution, you know. It's like something happens to the plant, and then the the plant gets smarter because of it. It's I guess are you saying that maybe uh, poison ivy isn't giving plants enough credit? It's it, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that if she really was a dedicated plant scientist, she would know that plants are not nearly as defenseless as they might seem. Well, sure, but I think part I I don't know. She has kind of a twisted vision because even before she becomes poison ivy, she's already trying to combine snakes and plants, and she's like, "Oh no, I failed again." <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I I know I'm applying too much logic to this already. Um, but, but that is no, but that right. is neat though. It's like, uh, that I, I mean, there's plenty of things I don't know about plants. I'm not a botanist, but uh, she's not. Her argument is that they're just completely defenseless, and maybe that's not the case. Right. Although I mean, none of these things stop like humans from upbringing plants, and that is kind of her big thing. Is like, you know, humans are here to, uh, to destroy the earth and destroy Mother Nature. She even considers herself to be Mother Nature. She does, which is pretty, uh, you know, that's a little bit hubris there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, when she comes back um, from the earth with crazy powers, she's got, like, red hair and stuff. And she says, so she says um, my blood has been replaced with aloe, my skin with chlorophyll, and my lips are venom. I am nature's arm, her will, and the time has come for plants to take back the world that's rightfully ours. Well, for someone who seems to be pretty... Uh... What's the word I'm looking for here? Like pro plant. Well, pro plant, but also just pretty uh, sensual. Uh, it is a little bit unfortunate that she has venomous lips, <laughs> because if she ever doesn't want to kill someone by kissing them, she's kind of forked. That's true. That's very true. 
but you know that doesn't seem to be her um her motivation. Yeah, I guess her if she seems to yeah, be she wants to plants first. Yeah, she wants to so. kill all humans. It's not likely that she'll be kissing anyone without wanting them to die. Yeah. Okay. So then there's the one scene when she's um she's destroying her laboratory, right? And there's this another really awkward physical like directal motion where she has like a flask in her hand and she's about to throw it and then she like as she's throwing it she like looks at it and it's like this really awkward motion where like you can tell what she's about to do is not like she's she, you can tell she's pretending to throw it you know what i mean and then she looks at it and it's like oh wayne enterprises let's go ask bruce wayne for some money on my plant expedition that's just like the the conclusion she jumps yeah, to. Yeah, loose uh way to keep the plot together there. Yep. Very. So well, and then she Bruce Wayne was uh supplying her with uh stuff and she's like, "All right, I need some more money from you, Bruce Wayne." Right. And then she goes to the observatory where the cops, which remember, they're less than useless in this movie. Uh right. seven of them can't stop her from getting face to face with Bruce Wayne. Uh <laughs> Yeah, she's not even, like, using her powers or anything. She just, like, walks right through them. Yeah, and they're like, miss, please stop. And she's like, no. And they're like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> what else can we possibly do? <laughs> and uh, and then she hands over this thick packet of papers with her demands uh, for Gotham, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and without even glancing at it, Bruce knows what it says and is yeah. able to say that basically – uh, that people are gonna die as a result. So he's like, moon to right. She's like, oh, we're not gonna use diesel fuel or like coolant or something. And he's like, millions would die of hunger and cold alone. She says, acceptable losses in the battle to save the planet. Like, what? <laughs> are you supposed to? You're, you're <laughs> right. And then you get mad when people don't agree with you. Like, <laughs> come on. Hey, my my proposal is only going to kill you. Yeah, it's only gonna kill. <laughs> millions i mean it's not that bad yeah yeah exactly it's like like you you went up to this point like you went through all of the the steps to you know say here's my plan whatever pretend to be a reasonable person and then immediately threaten genocide yeah (laughs) and like not only threaten genocide but get offended at the notion that your genocide would be denied like yeah definitely uh, yeah just no i just can't i just can't with that scene um another thing that's a little bit ridiculous is when poison ivy goes to rescue bane from arkham asylum she mm-hmm. just walks in what do you mean uh i'm not bane mean, uh, mr. yeah freeze. mr freeze she brings bane to uh to you know to to, to get freeze out of there and she just kind of yeah. walks in, and the guards at Arkham are totally unprepared and get just destroyed by her and Bane. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. What is Arkham Asylum? Is it a prison? Right. Is it a normal prison? Or is, no. it, is it Gotham's <laughs> special prison for supervillains? So why can she just walk in there and they're like, oh, I don't know how this works. Like, <laughs> but isn't that like the whole thing? Isn't like Arkham, like there's only two things that I know about Arkham Asylum. And that one of them is that that's where all the crazy like Batman villains are. And the second thing is that it's super easy to get in and out of. I guess so. It just, it should be a little harder than just walking right in. But then we get to that one. I guess I can forgive if that's what Arkham's all about. But then when they get into uh, the, the cell with Mr. Freeze, and they're trying to figure out how to escape. 
They lock the cell from the inside. How many cells do you know that lock from the inside where the, the <laughs> prisoner has the power over whether or not the door opens or closes? Like, That's so funny. Come on. And like uh, all the guards that they're trying to like, I don't know, they're trying to melt their way through, uh, a la yeah. Star Wars Episode One, and they can't, <laughs> they can't do it. It takes them forever, and they they find like you know Bane, Poison Ivy, and Mister Freeze escape. But it's like, what kind of prison works like this? Yeah, not a, not an efficient one, not a good one, not even close. Yeah, so um, there she's like. She's like pretty diabolical, you know. She's trying to she's trying to manipulate Mister Freeze to kill everyone so that she can take over the world with plants. Um, I have spent my entire life protecting plants from extinction, but um, it's not like a like this is kind of a dumb plan, obviously, because it's like a villain plan. But it's <laughs> like she goes through so many. It's so convoluted too, because she's like, oh, first I'm gonna freeze the earth, killing all the plants. Yep. And then, and then the plants will well, rise. No, it'll be my plants that I've designed. Yes, they'll be the half plant, half snake monsters. <laughs> yeah, that suddenly she's like super good at making because she's got plant powers. Right, that little, like that little freaky thing in the glass case. Like, what the heck? Yeah, it's super weird. Super, super weird. And uh, yeah, so that's that's basically yeah. poison ivy. So, well, we haven't talked about. The most important oh, thing, yes. which is um, the sexy plant puns. <laughs> she, yeah, she wasn't going to let Mr. Freeze have all the puns. No, not even close. Okay, this is... All right, let's we'll start with some of the ones she says. They're, they're all, like... <clears throat> excuse me. They're all, like, sensual. They're all, like, sex-related. She says stuff like, wild oats to sow. My garden needs tending. Yep. Some lucky boy is about to hit the honeypot. <laughs> And then when she oh, oh course, she also like, says like, when when she teams up with Freeze at Arkham, she, he says that he yeah. has to get diamonds, and she's like, "I'll help you get, I'll get, help you grab your rocks." <laughs> like what is that? Even, <laughs> like you have to stretch so far for that, but you gotta make it. You gotta have it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and then uh, so Robin asks her for a sign, and she says, "How about slippery when wet?" <laughs> He did ask um, for a sign. And then, that's a sign. Yeah, that's that is a sign, I guess. Um, okay, but then when she meets Freeze, of course, he has a lot of words for her. Um, she she call well, he calls her uh, Plant Girl. Let me guess, Plant Girl. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, "Hand over the diamond garden, gal, or I'll turn you into mulch." <laughs> yes, he calls her, calls her Vine Lady um, and Clever Clover. It's uh and and her pheromone dust doesn't work on him. He says, "Pheromone dust, it doesn't work on the cold hearted." <laughs> Which of course, of course, yeah, of course it doesn't. It's perfect. Okay, this this is my favorite pun in the whole movie though. Is when um, uh, Batman approaches her and he says, "You're not the only one who can set a trap, Venus." <laughs> that's that's like, the best that's one. Like grade A. That's uh, that's so good. I mean, I can tell you why. Because first of all, it's a plant related because they got the Venus obviously, trap, right? yeah, Venus flytrap. But then he's also referencing the Greek goddess of, or the 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 Roman goddess of love, Venus, who she's also okay exemplifying. That's pretty good. Yeah, you know? it is pretty good. And you know, he is like there is a trap involved in this one. Yeah, you know, she, two traps. Involved. And she has so, her whole thing has been basically like 
setting traps for people or at least like getting yeah. people to do her bidding uh manipulating them so all right i i, I guess I, i'm i'm pretty sure uh and for my money uh, everything that freeze said was better but uh that's just because okay. i'm very biased <laughs> uh but um, yeah and then yeah there's also like other characters some like weird yeah, yeah, some other characters talk about her, like Batman and Robin talk about her and say, good stems, great buds. Like, <laughs> like Okay. What? <laughs> what does that mean? What are they talking about? <laughs> her stems and buds. I don't know. I, I really It's supposed know. to be, I, I know it's supposed to be a euphemism, but I can't figure out what. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really want to know either, so. Ugh. Okay, so then, and then of course she has a, some a good line here, uh, which ties into the next thing we need to talk about. I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's why every Poison Ivy action figure comes complete with him. Yeah, referencing Bane. Bane. Yeah, and uh so lame. Like, <laughs> don't like Bane. More like lame. No, wait, wait. I'm. I do think Bane is lame in this movie, but that line is horrible. There's a. You're so. You're not even gonna hide the fact that a large portion of this movie is just to sell toys, like. Yeah, well, the whole thing is like that. The whole thing is so cynical and, like, tongue-in-cheek, you know? It's like... The whole thing is like, don't take this seriously. Why would you ever take this seriously? Right. It, You're stupid for taking this seriously. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are you watching this right now, idiot? <laughs> At some point, that's what it feels Might like. Might as well have been in the yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so Bane. And why is he called Bane? His bane of humanity. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank God there's only one of him, because there's supposed to be... The Super Soldier Serum, definitely an original yep. trademark of DC Universe, for sure. Uh, the mm-hmm. Super Soldier Serum, called Venom, also another trademark original name only in the DC Universe. Um, yep, never heard that yes, before. Is used to transform what used to be a death row prisoner into yep. this hulking mass of muscle and obedience. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he's like he's the result of a like a, a science experiment, right? But it, he's like it went perfectly, honestly. I mean, this, the mad scientist dies, but he dies at the hands of poison ivy. He's like trying to sell off this this serum or whatever the the super soldiers um, to the ununited nations, which we can talk oh, about. Oh boy! Um, but he like everything goes perfectly. You know, the guy like breaks the chains and everything, but he doesn't. But the the scientist doesn't die from Bane. No, so, I, I honestly, it seems successful. like he's surprised at his own success, though. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so he's just like some random guy. He has like a wrestler mask on his face, so you can't even see who he is. And he just he like repeats words. He has a really bad case of echolalia. I think that's what that's called. Oh, where you re- you repeat the uh, the last thing you heard. Yeah, and he's. Well, the, the thing is, when you first meet Bane, he's breaking out of the uh, the, the restraints. He's tossing yep. lab assistants left and right and generally, like, generally causing a ruckus. And then for the sure. rest of the movie, he listens to anyone who tells him what to do. Yep. Be it Poison Ivy or Mr. Freeze, he is just a, like a top-tier goon, honestly. He really is. And, like, I guess he's strong. But, like, all he does is just move stuff from one place to the other, you know? He, like, busts through a lot of walls. There's a lot more demolition in this movie from Bane than, like, killing. Yeah. He's, uh... 
one of the worst scenes is actually well I, i'm glad i i just remembered now uh when bane shows up at arkham asylum and has to get mr freeze his suit back uh you see yeah. i know that there's a reference to the riddler and a two-face in there did you that's right from the previous batman movie, yeah uh, also directed by joel schumacher did you see any other ones no i was looking for them there was a saxophone oh my god they did they get poison ivy too <laughs> I mean, she was in there. <laughs> That's her sexy sax music that she always plays. That's right. She's always playing that when she's trying to seduce people. But um, but yeah, he he picks up Bane picks up all of the pieces to Mister Freeze's suit, and then he's running yep. through the hallway in Arkham. And what do you do when someone's running? When you're a bunch of police and you have to stop a bad guy, uh, you try to tackle him, right? You don't shoot him. You just throw your body at him and just Definitely. bounce right off. Once again, is another great example of the police being what? Less than useless. Less than useless. Yeah. <laughs> all together now, less than useless. <laughs> like, that's what they all are. It's terrible. Because uh, they just, they, he like running down the hall with his cart and they're just like, get him. Ugh, ugh, like just jumping on him. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he. Well, it's not like bullets work in this universe anyway. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, you never see a bullet land. They might as well have just let him go then. It's like gotten out of the <laughs> yeah. way up oh, he's here i mean they did for poison ivy she came in first <laughs> and then amazingly when he shows up like <laughs> arnold is oh a yeah laundry service that delivers wow <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. oh yes that's which so i don't know does that does that joke still hold up today i don't really use a laundry service <laughs> no no i don't know, know. But I mean, one that delivers—that's gonna beat every single other one. <laughs> yeah, he um. Okay, but yeah. So Bane basically is just the muscle, the mindless muscle yeah. for whichever bad guy decides they need him more at that current moment. Uh, and then he's just—he can't kill anyone. <laughs> he's supposed to be this killing yeah. machine, but every time he's got someone in his clutches where he should be able to just, you know, crush their neck and then die, they—he doesn't do it. Um. Especially at the end when he's got Batgirl and Robin both by the neck and they use their feet to unplug his tube, which apparently is the most important aspect of his entire being because he just squirts out a bunch of yellow liquid and turns back into like the skin and bones guy he was before. Yeah. And they just leave him there with the mask on his head. Like so easy to, well, he dies in the ensuing crumble of, uh, of that building. So it's just like, was Bane ever really to be feared? Yeah, that's, I mean, hardly Bane of humanity. More like Bane of my sanity. Oh. <laughs> Dude, did you get producer credits on this movie with that pun? <laughs> or not pun, but wordplay? <laughs> Retroactively. Yeah, Jesus. That would be a crowning achievement. Yeah, but, <laughs> but Bane, Bane falls far short of the heights that the other two villains reach in this movie. Yes. So, uh, and of uh, other Banes I've seen in other Batman movies. Oh, yeah. This is, oh, this is a far cry. This is, if I have to make another superhero comparison, this is the sure. like Deadpool, like the original iteration of Deadpool in the X-Men universe. To like mm-hmm. versus the the new Deadpool, uh, uh, and like yeah. this is this Bane is that original Deadpool, and and eventually we get a really good one in uh, the third Batman. Right, that is um that's a good comparison. I agree with that completely. Okay, so let's so this movie 
exemplifies like campy or camp, um, which I've defined here as deliberately exaggerated in theatrical and style, typically for a humorous effect. And I have a few like written down here like, of examples of like perfect camp moments. I, from this yeah, I, I'd actually I'd heard of the term campy. I actually wasn't sure. This is my first time encountering the definition. I mean, I have two, and I like every time I like I was watching this movie, just all I can think about is like how campy it was. Um, one of the great lines at the very beginning is, "This is why Superman works alone." Talking about how much ba- um Robin wants. Right, because Robin you know, wants like, a he wants a uh, vehicle too. He's like, yeah, it's like a it's like a metatextual reference, right? It's like, oh yeah, like Superman exists in this universe, and like he always works alone because he's like Superman. Yeah. But, I'm Batman. I have to deal with this loser with me. <laughs> of course, there's all these like all this like the physics stuff we've already talked about. How like the grappling hooks don't make any sense, or like the bullets like just bounce off everything and they're totally useless. You know, it's like whatever. Yeah, um, it's oh, so <laughs> silly. Like the whole movie. Like I mean, you can endless examples of this, right? Like eating yeah. frozen dinner while watching uh, the 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 uh, Snow Miser song. Like right. Well, oh, it's being directed by Mr. Freeze. The Bat credit card is like a perfect example. There's all these stupid references. Like, gonna need a bigger cave. Yep. Ice man cometh. Like, yeah, just having, yeah, like hiding the the wife in like behind a secret panel in the freezer at the, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, it's just all so ridiculous. And then there's like that one scene where uh, Bane and Poison Ivy beat up a bunch of glow in the dark juggalos at the Turkish bath. <laughs> God yeah, wait, what what is the point of that? I I'm actually not familiar with Turkish baths. <laughs> I don't either. I thought they were just like spas. I have no idea. I thought it was like a, a jab at like the country of Turkey or Turkish people in general, but I I don't know enough about Turkey to, to know what the stereotypes are. Turkish bath is a type of public bathing associated with the culture of Ottoman Empire. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's just so they had a place to put lily pads. Oh, you know, I think it's it's like I think it's like you ever see those movie like in a movie where they have like a big open room and there's like a there's like a pool in the middle and there's like columns everywhere. Yes. That's I think that's a Turkish bath. Didn't the Athenians have that too? I don't know. I'm I'm really showing my know. ignorance of culture and history here. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's move forward. We're just we're all learning together. I I mean I didn't know what a Turkish bath was either. It just said Turkish bath. On it the just seemed like a weird thing to have in Gotham. And I was I was really more focused on the dark the glow in the dark juggalos that were inside. Right, right, and, and it's it, here's another thing that's campy is like Bane walks in and he spreads his arms and they're all like let's hit him with our glow in the dark chains. So they all grab yeah. him at the same time with their chains and then he just whips them all out the door. And it, I thought he's I thought they were, he stepped on a board. Or oh no, you're right. Yeah, he steps him. on a board and it makes a, a cartoon whoop sound as they all <laughs> fly over him. And all six of them like fly over. Them. I didn't understand that at all. They were like they all they were all lined up on the board together. <laughs> I don't yep. know. And then, of course, okay, one of the best campy moments is when Robin gets chucked into a vat of ice cream by Batman. <laughs> yep. It's too bad he doesn't become Ice Cream Man. Yes, that. no. I mean, it's a real crime that he doesn't become Ice Cream Man. Everyone knows that falling into a vat of anything gives you that vat's powers. And uh, Yes. I mean, honestly, Ice Cream Man, it's not as good as Guano Boy, but it's definitely better than no. Robin. <laughs> It is. It is. Uh. Okay. Um, so at the very end, 
like the movie is kind of resolved with um Batman and Robin. They're they're partners now, right? Sure, whatever. And like whatever you've already talked about how that's not yeah. that's not even true but robin thinks he's um, batman's partner and batman is now slightly better at manipulating robin so that he'll stop whining yes. so much exactly and of course we talked about bane shrinking down to his original size and being killed in the ensuing avalanche yes. uh, poison ivy is locked up in arkham asylum and so is mr freeze but he has access to a research lab in arkham <laughs> okay <laughs> like why would you let that happen? Wouldn't he build something that he, so that he can escape? No, he's kind of a good guy now, remember? He saved Alfred. Yeah. He has to save his still, own wife. That's the whole point. He still tried to freeze the whole thing. He still so. murdered a lot of people. Yes. Yes, that's true. But <laughs> How many How many billions of dollars does Arkham get? Is that going to be enough to fund his research? It has to be at least 1 billion or else what's the point? Like, do they have a Do they have a diamond like uh budget? Where they had to buy diamonds for him every every couple of weeks when he runs oh, out. Oh shoot! I just realized that that's why he needs the billions. It's because it's not to buy research; it's to buy more diamonds. Buying diamonds? Because I'm thinking how many. I mean, diamonds are pretty expensive, but you could probably buy sure. a good amount of diamonds with billions of dollars. That's so. true. I feel like he should have prioritized going to mine for diamonds himself. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's pretty good at technology. So. Yeah. But yeah, so that's basically okay, how so they. Oh, and then uh, what's her name? Uh, Batgirl is now like part of the squad. Yes. And Alfred's alive. Part of the family. And they all they all like touch hands and say something about part. Oh yeah, and it's like so awkward because two of them are already <laughs> holding hands, and then Batman just like puts his hand on top of their hands. <laughs> Whatever. Gosh. Okay. So then, um, there's some other stuff we could talk about. Um, uh, it doesn't seem to fit in anywhere else. Um, like for example, it, this movie also has the same Gordon, uh, Pat Hingle as the um as the original Batman from 1989 that we reviewed last week. And he's not as useless in this one, actually. No, he actually does turn off a big switch. Oh, okay, but uh, <laughs> let me. I'm glad. I'm glad we we brought this up because I had an opinion on this too. Because that Mister Freeze's lair is like the Mister Snow Snow like cone ice cream place it's some ice cream place that's shaped like a snowman's head okay um and if it wasn't ridiculous enough to have this they have a lever where if you switch it it freezes the entirety of the inside of the store okay you could argue that maybe that already existed maybe that was uh, uh or you could argue that maybe mr freeze installed that but what Mr. Freeze definitely wouldn't install is the opposite setting because it is either on freeze or heat for some reason. <laughs> so why do they have a heat setting? That makes no sense at all. If, if Mr. Freeze installed it, he would never have a use for a heat setting. So that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And if, if this ice cream store already had a freezing setting, why would they also in- install or they already have a heating setting that melts everything? That makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand that either. Maybe it was like a construction thing. Like while they were building it, they needed to make sure it was hot or or not freezing. I I don't know. I find that doubtful. What does Mr. Freeze say? It's. (laughs) I find that unlikely. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I want to talk about the ununited nations that are are there to buy Bane. Um, And first of all, they're like, like this, you know, diverse group of business people. They all have like different uniforms on, and they all seem pretty civil to me. You know, even though they're not, even though they're not united, 
they're all like standing there peacefully with each other. Yeah. You know, they're not fighting amongst themselves. And like they're there to see the the the, the experiment, like they're watching the whole thing happen. And it's like why would you ever do that, right? Like going to random mad science labs hoping for the next big thing seems like a really dangerous idea and would almost never be worth it, you know? I feel like 99 out of 100 times you would go there and nothing would happen. <laughs> sure. Know? And you're taking part in this bid for seemingly illegal war technology, you know, super soldier right. serum, and it's you, the other members of the ununited nations, and our mystery bidder who's on the phone. Right. It's like calling in from Skype or something. <laughs> what? The mystery bidder? Like, what was the point of that? I, I have know. no idea. I don't know. Maybe that was a reference to something else. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Dutch angle in this movie, oh, yeah. too. Which, which I think works well. Super weird. I think it works well. Yeah? Um, I think it works with this the whole thing. Yeah, I think it added uh, a lot to the... Especially the scenes in the Batmobile. I, th- I thought they looked pretty cool you know, with the Dutch angle. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a change of pace. Memorable. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like... I don't know. Instead of setting up an actually interesting shot, you just turn the camera sideways slightly. And then you've got like, oh, I feel off kilter for some reason. I don't know. It's just... um, It seems lazy to me. I don't know, though. The um, there's also the auction that we've kind of talked about at the uh, botanical gardens. Um, you've got Commissioner Gordon uh, is there with something called the Heart of Isis. Yes, that aged well for sure. <laughs> it's like a bunch of diamonds. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, and then of course um, they like the people in the audience don't understand how auctions work. They're all bidding wildly on. Like a bunch of different people at once, because like they're auctioning off like a bunch of these girls dressed as flowers, and um, yeah, and they're just they're like calling out like I want to buy that girl for this much. It's like that's not how this works, you guys. Like, you've ever been to an auction before? Or ever seen? An auction? Yeah, like they're they're not bidding against each other; they're bidding simultaneously on different items. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not gonna. That's not how that works. And they're like, yeah, yeah, and and I love yeah. Money really has no. V- real value in this movie uh because they're just yelling at random numbers and then batman and robin eventually go to such extremes with their numbers that they're uh that they're willing to wager which i think only makes sense in this world where to do research you need billions so i guess maybe gotham is just in the middle of some like crazy inflation and uh and money money just has no real value yeah yeah definitely um, there's also that part where um, <laughs> where uh, Robin is in the Batcave and he's like looking at pictures of Poison Ivy and he says, enhanced detail, 14 to 19. And I, I really was hoping he would say, save to Robin slash Spanking. <laughs> I hate when they put that in. I mean, this one actually isn't that unrealistic, I guess. Like, no. But saying computer enhance is like so cringe inducing because uh, that's yeah, not that's how so pictures work. But uh, yeah, he was definitely doing a bit of creeping on, uh, on what is her name? Uh, Mrs. Batgirl. Mrs. Uh, Isley. Yeah. Or no, yeah, no, you're um, right. Then there's, yeah. And then there's um, the, the thing that, that I picked up on for the last movie, but um, they didn't have as much attention to detail in this movie, and that's the, uh, the, the camera angle for the security camera. Yeah, I remember this. Um, when when um, 
uh, Batman is replaying um, Poison Ivy's conversation with Batgirl, where she is admitting to killing uh, Freeze's wife. Um, the, the, the footage that Batman shows um, Mr. Freeze is the exact same footage they use in the movie. Right. It's not shown from Batman's perspective. It's shown from the, the movie's perspective. And uh, I, I definitely noticed that because I, that's, now that's what I think of every time I see security camera footage. <laughs> Thanks to our last episode. Well, good. I'm glad I've ruined you that way. <laughs> There's also, like, I don't even know what this is, but, like, the, the uh, keyboard layout for, like, the satellite is all screwed up. Like, the letters are not in any sort of order I, I recognize. Like, the, the top row says U-W-C-A-R-N-V. In the middle row says T-B-S-M-O-K-E. Like, those are not the most common letters. Like, I, that's not a QWERTY keyboard even or anything even close to that. I don't know what that's supposed the, to be. It was super The weird. only two keyboard iterations I know of are the QWERTY keyboard, which is the popular one that you see everywhere, and then an alphabetical yeah. keyboard, which I think was like an early thing that's not really around anymore, uh, where it's right. just in alphabetical order. So I know there's another type of keyboard. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's like arranged so that um, you don't have to move your key, your fingers off the home row as much. It's like more efficient. Uh, but they, but it came out like so long after the QWERTY keyboard became popular that it's just like not feasible to change anymore. Another another one that was kind of ridiculous. Another thing worth pointing out is the picture of Ivy, uh, Poison Ivy, and Bane <laughs> leaving the airport. Oh my gosh! It's like talking about terrible Photoshop. It's just like their faces <laughs> posted on some like people wearing trench coats. It's so stupid looking. Gosh, and they're looking like straight at the camera and everything. Ah oh, man, so terrible. And then um, right at the end, during the credits, there's an R. Kelly song called Gotham City. So, um, don't know what to make of that. <laughs> it was super weird and, like, slow. Okay, so I have a question for you, Benjamin. Is it possible to save this movie? I think it's a tall order. Can... It's yeah, a, I mean, I think, I so think just from the very beginning, this movie is just out of whack. Uh, I mean, it... I guess, like, the only way to see this movie, in my opinion, would be to uh, ditch, like, the Batman universe in general and just make it a, like, wacky superhero movie. Um, like, where, where yeah. like, Batman is replaced by generic superhero, Gotham City is replaced by Metropolis or, you know, what is some generic right. big city, right? And it's not, and, and leave out all the Batman aspects and just make it a silly superhero movie. Yeah, that would be. Um, I feel like that is like a good solution to it, you know, and just have it be like just totally campy and everything and be like, like poking fun at other. Superhero yes. Yeah. You could even reference, of... you could even leave like the superhero or Superman reference in there. Uh, Cause he's, su- he's yeah. such a well-known superhero, but uh, I think trying to mix, I, I guess the disrespect towards the genre that is potent in this movie with such a well-liked and such a superhero that's done that's been done so well in other places. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just, it doesn't work. No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, a number of people have actually apologized for this movie, including Joel Schumacher and George Clooney. Um, and there's actually a quote. Uh, this is all from a Vice article that I, I read. 
it said, uh, well, George Clooney was quoted as saying, it was a difficult film to be in. Um, and later, Chris O'Donnell, who played Robin, said, on Batman Forever, which is the movie before this, I felt like I was making a movie. The second time, I felt like I was making a kid's toy. He was definitely setting up Warner Brothers to sell kids' toys. Definitely. And then uh, uh, Schumacher actually says, um, quote, look, I apologize. I want to apologize to every fan that was disappointed because I think I owe them that. Hey, I mean, it, <laughs> this is like, this is 20 years later, like, this, that he's issuing this. At least he's not taking it to his grave. He's being honest. No, and, and he, it doesn't seem like too worked up about it. I mean, he, they talked about, like, all the decisions he made and everything, but he says basically that he's not letting this be bogged down. He's gotten bad reviews for plenty of movies in the past, and, you know, he, he's made other movies that people like, so he's not, this is not a defining feature for him. Um, yeah, so he also says, he goes on to say, look, I am a very big boy. I, I take full responsibility. I walked into it with my eyes open, and what I really feel, and what I really feel bad about is the crew. We all know how great movie crews are. The special effects, stunt people, and everybody that breaks their asses along with the cast. Everybody works really hard under very long hours, so I feel like their work wasn't acknowledged like it would have been. And, I mean, that kind of goes back to what we've been saying this whole time, is that, like, um, you know, the, the makeup and the special effects and just like the, 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 I don't know, the aesthetic of this movie is pretty cool and very unique. If you, uh, yeah, I think like the presentation is good. Yeah. Like Gotham yeah. City, while ridiculous and n- never explained, looks amazing. <laughs> it's memorable. Uh, you know, the Batcave is a freaking EDM concert. Uh, you, you've got, yeah you know epic jumps from here to here like uh explosions with surfing through the atmosphere like there's there's cool things in here like and that look especially for the time that look that look compelling uh, but if you try to dig anywhere even an inch beneath the surface you're going to find uh some massive problems definitely yeah i, I agree with that completely it is very very much surface level but it is pretty flashy and and, and cool from the from that surface and actually, George Clooney um, has been known to refund people uh, who saw this movie. And, uh, I, but you shouldn't feel too bad for him because he said that even though this film was a waste of money, in later interviews, he called it the biggest break I ever had. And since he got him into Hollywood, resulting in more successful roles later on. Yeah, we all know how big of a star Clooney is now. So yep. uh, I don't feel bad for him at all that he's in this movie. And he's definitely not like the reason this movie is bad and like we said it before it's kind of like the people in this movie aren't bad it's not bad acting it's just a, a bad movie there's a bad like it's a bad script it's a bad like like direction it's just the whole thing together as a work of art doesn't work it's it's all the little pieces that actually do work it's kind of the, it's almost like the details somewhat hold up uh, although we've already talked about some of the plot holes and stuff a little nitpicks but in for the most part it's you know exactly what you're saying it's the surface that that is enough yeah so i guess in summary my opinion of this movie took a major hit after this last watch (laughs) because i used to think that's the one you know that's the great one with arnold which i definitely arnold is great in it but it is not a good movie um it's it, it, I think you should watch this movie if you want to watch a good, bad movie. Like, you want to watch a movie that you can point at and laugh and be like, this is so stupid and ridiculous. 
yeah it definitely is a fun movie to laugh at and like watching it alone is kind of a sad um experience especially when you're pausing every five seconds so it takes you four yeah, hours that was depressing <laughs> it, was, it was grueling but, to get to nitpick this movie because there's so much there to nitpick oh my gosh yes i wrote so much in my like i don't even think i got to everything i want to talk about but uh that's that's literally all i have time for so yeah this was i mean this is an extremely long one so uh i think let's let's not keep anyone uh any, any longer than we had to uh any last thoughts for us joey no i think you said it all All right well thank you for joining me again absolutely hey thanks for listening to affable chat you can find us on itunes google or your favorite podcast app if you want to help us grow the podcast share it rate us five stars and or write us a review it really helps have a comment about something we said? Tweet at us at affablechat or write us an email affablechat at gmail.com. Check the description for links to any of the outside topics we discussed. And once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.